This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studio. And we're back with another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Around the table tonight, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns. I was back. He's back, and how is your back? A lot better. Still not 100%, but definitely a lot better, thank you. Good, good to hear, man. And uh, Bad shape. Big man on the board, Chris Sims. Hola. And you had some problems last week as well. You got hot water at least? Yeah, that was... That was the cluster of clusters. It seemed like your basement exploded. <laughs> oh man, it was, it was awful. If you want me to get into it, I will later on. But it was, it was a comedy of errors. And the man that's been hanging from a tree like a wind chime, Jim Franklin. <laughs> um, we have a. That's an awesome visual. That we was, have a. That was such a good one, man. We have. Like, I'm not mad at that one at all. Like you. Spot on, dude. Spot and I on. didn't even write any of this stuff down. New, new, new year, new Jay. Um, Jay Thompson, I'm your host. Uh, we have a great guest on tonight's show. Uh, Tommy Lynch is coming on uh, to catch up. We haven't talked to him for a couple years. It's been quite a while. So been a while. It's going to be fun to catch up with him. Uh, he sent me a couple pictures of some fish today that were just ginormous. So love to. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to find out how uh, how he's catching those. Um, and uh, you know, just get the. He, he seems like he was pumped up. I was just talking to him. He's a Lions fan. We'll talk to him a little bit about that, too. Um, we have a bu- bunch of great topics for tonight, uh, including the Kentucky River Muskie Classic and the F3T coming up this Saturday in Franklin. Uh, we'll get into both those topics, some football, uh, fly talk, a little bit of weather and what's coming. And uh, But before we get to all that, who are brought to you by Mark? We've got Yeti built for the wild, Cortland lines, A-Rex, fresh and salt water, and we've got Sims Fishing, new 24 line just came out. Check that out. they got new G4 waders, G3 boots. They look nice. A few other things came out for the new for spring. Awesome. We've got friends of the show, Ryan Evans up at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis, down-to-earth wealth management, Thomas Schenk at Chippewa River Custom Rods, our buddies over at Muskie Fool. Hope your uh, convention went well this week and as always the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance awesome awesome so uh we're gonna open up with a, a little bit of uh the tree stand blues uh I guess or you know you know I wouldn't even really call blues. I wouldn't even really call blues man well I mean your fingers gotta be blue cause it isn't it sure as hell hasn't been no, warm around it here was, it was super cold this whole week man um took some vacation time off we had this cold front come through so you wasted all your vacation time to sit only freezing two days. ass cold. Just two okay. days. Just two days. Calm down. I'm not a. I'm not. I'm not a. a maniac. He's just mad because he wanted one day when it was nice out and couldn't get it. <laughs> I am mad. I'm still <laughs> mad about still, that. Still salty. Uh, so we had this cold front that came through and completely took a dump on all of us with snow. And it was cold too. Yeah, and it was really cold. The wind is what made it. The real feels go down to like them single digit temps, and. I was waiting and waiting. You know, I've I've talked about it before, you know, a couple times. You know, I'm not going hunting. I'm not going hunting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Well, we were sitting here on the podcast last week, mm-hmm. and my phone goes off whenever we were taking a break, and he was there. It was like 7.50. He was there, and he was territorial, and he stayed there the entire night. So I'm like, it's game on. I took off Monday and Tuesday. I don't know. I was already off Wednesday. When's my day off? So I got three days to to go after him. 
So slipped in, got up, and I'm hunting out of the harness because in this spot, I don't have very many big trees. I can't put a regular stand in it. So like a hang-on or something like that, it's kind of tough. I mean, the tree I'm hunting out of, it's literally maybe 10 inches in diameter. It's it's a small bastard. So with that wind, you're doing tree stand rodeo on top of it. Oh, yeah. I Chris, if, if Chris was in that tree, it'd be bent clear to the side. Oh, it'd be a trebuchet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Or I'd snap it. With it, with it, as cold as it was, just snap. Oh yeah, it'd probably just break. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, Monday, Monday was was the day. I had the right idea. That was the perfect day to go. And five o'clock, I had a doe come walking out on that other side of that field that I ha- harvested my doe on out of at the beginning of the year. And uh, she was walking all the way to me, man. She got like forty yards from the wood line I was in. And it was like the other side of the wood line erupted. It looked like some shit from Jurassic Park, man. Just birds and shit kicking out of the side of the wood line and everything. And he came right out. And man, he is beautiful. Wide, tall, just a bleach white rack, huge body. And he was hot on her ass, man. I mean, he blew out of that wood line and he ran her. That whole field from the where the fence is that the horses are in to the very back of it where it turns back into woods is probably 400 yards. I mean, it's a big stretch of open pasture. And he ran her from one end to the other end probably half a dozen times. Mouth open. I mean, full rut. It was the little doe that I was waiting to pop with this cold front, and she didn't disappoint. But they ended up going into the opposite wood line, and I didn't see him again the rest of the night. Mm. Tuesday night. I had two does come in like right at last light, but they stayed down the ridge away from me. They were just feeding on acorns and stuff down there and was able to slip out, get out Wednesday. I didn't see anything at all. Didn't see anything at all. Bummer. Yeah. So going into Thursday, I had to go back to work. So worked the rest of my work week. I got off Saturday at two o'clock. So I went home, you know, got my shower and everything, got all sent showered up, put my clothes on. Went ahead and got back in a tree again, and I had four does come out of this thicket. Well, actually, should probably rewind that just a little bit. Right around, again, like that 5 o'clock, going right after 5, I seen one doe stand up that was in this thicket in front of me. She stood up, stretched, stood there for a minute, looked around, literally turned around, went and laid back down. So I'm like, all right, at least I know there's one in there. And then right at last light, I just seen one, two, three, four, all does. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm like, he's got to be, he's got to be in there. Never showed up. Sat until the last little bit of legal and the does already moseyed back off going down through the woods. I'm like, all right, time to get out. So the blues, I guess you, as Jay called it. Yeah, it's a little bit blue, but you know what? I had the right idea. Yeah. I seen them. When does the season end? Uh, I, I don't have to double check, but it's the first week of February. Okay, so you still got a week or two. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's we're going to be heating up here weather-wise. We're going to have a ton of rain. It's going to be tough. Yeah, next week's going to be interesting. Well, it's going to be really yeah, it's going to be not awesome. only that this weird real bad this little, fifty and pouring rain. And this little heat yeah. wave that we're going to have come through. It's definitely going to start making some deer shed their antlers. They're going to be popping off here pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was asking before, even last week, about that. You know, and I've seen some people finding them already. Well, yeah. And I don't know how, you know, how that all 
Dude, if I, d- different deer just drop at different a, times. A lot or... of like the, the big media hunters and stuff. I've watched clips on almost every <laughs> single one of their Instagram feeds where they're getting ready to shoot at something and it just pops right off. And then what would you do in that situation, though? I mean, you know where the shed's at. Do you shoot the deer? Yeah. Yeah. If you got the shed there and you see it and you can shoot it, yeah, the tax will pop it back yeah, on Yeah, that's there. what I'm saying. Heck yeah. definitely fix that. Yeah, and you can't eat the horns. Yeah, super glue, man. But to watch that happen, <laughs> I mean, that's well, I mean, if, obviously, if that's something you don't see happen, you'd have never, you know, you'd have never known nonetheless. But to watch it happen, it's even a better story for it. Yeah. Yeah. Heartbreaking, yeah. though. Yeah. That would be heartbreaking. Well, you still got a week or two yeah. if you choose to go out. So yeah. we had uh, in that week we had, uh, and I don't know how much the practice helped you, but uh, we had our we were supposed to have archery league opener last weekend, but or last Tuesday, and Jim and I were both sick. Um, and then I woke up Monday feeling pretty crappy, missed work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of that week, so it didn't go, and Jim didn't partake. But this weekend or this Tuesday. We were able to go, and it was a lot of fun. It yeah. is fun. Uh, there were a lot of people were out sick the first week, but uh, it was fun to get everybody there. I, I uh, shot pretty decent. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was kind of where I want to be right now. I had a new release, kind of getting used to it a little bit. Started out shaky the first three targets. Yeah, I'll, be, targets on, I'll be honest. My first three targets were hot shit. <laughs> I mean, they were just bad. A couple fives in there. It's only 20 yards, right? Yeah, but yeah. we started out with like a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, <But> the squirrel <laughs> sucks to try yeah. to shoot the squirrel. Yeah, you tried ten ringing a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, man. So I started out with a squirrel, and I hit, I hit the five. But my brother-in-law is like, market zero, dude. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's in the five. He's like, well, you know, it is still average week, so, you know, it's a five next week. I'm like, whatever, dick. So, either way, uh, I hit, and then we we had one de- easier target. Which wasn't bad, and then uh, the next target was a prairie dog. <laughs> so prairie dog also smaller target, and man, I swear I thought I hit it perfect high, and it was like right where its neck goes in from its head, and I, right between them. So a couple bad shots, but mo- I mean, once we started getting into a groove, I felt like we were getting every time. It was at least twenty four, twenty eights, twenty sixes, no thirties for either of us this week. Um, yeah. Close. There's there's a pretty there cool. There was a couple we were close though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Toward especially towards the end there. I mean we were throwing darts. There was one target I really like. It's actually on two different lanes, but it's two deer fighting. Oh. Cool. And you shoot the one on the you know on the oh, uh, yeah. in the left first, then you move over to the one to the right. It's a pretty cool little target. That's a fun one. Just your buddy one, Chad. Oh yeah, Chad. They actually their team was this week. Their team was right next to ours. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So it was Chad, me, uh, and Johnny, and uh, Bruce, everybody. So Th- That was your favorite target, and whenever we shot at that one side before you even got to the other side of the deer that, that it was fighting against, that was the one you whacked it really high up in the liver. Like We're like, yeah, right in the liver. <laughs> yeah, I did. I hit, I hit that one kind of that bad. My first shot of the night. Didn't go 300. I hadn't shot forever, and it was, I mean, it was dead center. And then the next one wandered a little. And the next one wandered a little further. <laughs> so I was like, man, I should have just stopped at one. But it is, It's a good time. I, I, again, I, de- I had, didn't get out at all in the fall, but I still love going and shooting archery there. A lot of great shooters. A lot of guys that know a lot about it. Guys are shooting very well. How many like, people are there shooting? Quite a few. Oh, yeah. there's. 
I mean, 16, was, we, 16 17 lanes filled yeah. up with two guys piece. So 30 some people. Yeah. And I mean, you're wow. shooting. It, you're tight, you know. Yeah. You're right next to the guy in front of you, and yeah, you gotta have you that form down. Yeah, you can't really yeah. want to. You're not, you know, pulling your yeah. thing out. No, you're you're pulling it out. You're kind of pushing it down through, pulling it back into your, you know, and you're knocking. There you go. You get to kind of be tight, and it's I will say this a lot though. Of fun, though, I don't know how some of these people's arrows fly though. Like a lot of the people using them feather veins, like. Half of these shafts are missing air, like the <laughs> the feather. Like I get it, oh, you I got don't one on there, but you got like another one that's got like a couple little spikes of a feather on it, and then you got one that's like maybe the top half of it's gone, and, and they're still shooting them. I'm like, oh, well, whatever. I don't know how that's accurate at all, especially out of a compound. I mean, that's what yeah. happens to all of them. I I mine are all oh, dude. Up. Every time I shoot mine down in there, whenever I was following you, whenever I shot second. Every time my arrows would go down there, I just see like a puff of shit come off them. Whenever my arrows smack, I'm like, man, I'm just tearing Jay's fletchings up, man. Whatever. I'm shooting synthetic little two inch blazer veins. So I mean, that's what I shoot at deer, but that's not what I'm going to shoot. You know, there I'm shooting big yeah, aluminum arrows. You're shooting the cheaters because that's maybe the difference between a ten and an eight. I you know? know, and I'm shooting with uh, real feathers on them. What so are the, I'll just what are the feathers help? With. Visibility, <laughs> Mostly. nothing, absolutely nothing at twenty in the, yards. And <laughs> and well, in that scenario, visibility. Yeah, because a lot of people were running like solid chartreuse or solid white yeah, that's or high vis orange or something like that. So I'll have to get mine. I got to get mine fixed. I just got to give them to them. The one that's come back the next. I'm weekend. just gonna put my luminox back in. You should. <laughs> we'll just throw one down there with a luminox in it. <laughs> well, we have to. Uh, we have to make sure we do uh, get some. Uh, if you have a small yeah. pair of binoculars, it's always good to have when you start getting serious in like the later weeks, and it matters if you <coughs> shoot a little better than you did the week before I or not. It. I have a, uh, I think it's like a 40X or something, but it's a monocular, like a, a single. I'll bring that. Sounds good. That nice, w- yeah, it's easy to fit in your pocket. Yeah, it's fun. And they're the guys, uh, Monday night, when it's like uh, actual targets. These are like um, different animal targets, but still just 2D. Um, but the Tuesday night league is fun. Like these guys are hooting, hollering. If you're the last guy shooting, oh, you're getting, oh, you're getting, you're getting like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got one more. Don't even worry about it, guys. You know, and just they're just yelling and yelling, and it's it gets a lot to be a lot of fun. And guys are telling just terrible, terrible jokes that you know are only said in the locker room or Mm -hmm. at (laughs) at that kind of you know venue, and it's it's a lot of fun. So I used to do the 3D archery shoots. Oh, cool! Yeah, where you didn't know the range, and it mm-hmm. was those were hard. Yeah, they have those they set outside. Tons of yeah. fun, but I mean that's hard. I've gone to a few of those, you know, put five dollar in the box, you know, setups outside. You know, they got yep. like nine targets or something shoot, through a so little, little side a of woods. A rattlesnake at seventeen yards. Yeah, this was this was <laughs> my first time ever doing something like that indoor, and it was a blast. I enjoyed it. I've never shot indoor, but we had my there was a place outside of Grove City, and they sold. And my dad and uncle went and bought all the targets. Well, they sat there for years. And then right after, like, we were in college, my cousin bought 30 acres and a big, huge tractor, John Deere. So we're like, let's go dig lanes. And we just went the whole way through this and just made shooting lanes and awesome. put, like, all 40 of them up. And that was about the extent of what I've done with it. They, it uh, is. They're fun. They Need do sell shoot. them at the end of the year. Do they? They'll sell 3D targets to everybody. Nice. Yeah, at the banquet. Their course is pretty neat looking. I've seen it all out through the fields and everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they have an outdoor. Um, last year, uh, Adam got a warthog nice. and uh, a couple other things that were kind of exotic and different. 
I know an alligator was sold to somebody. Um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. We shoot at uh, Golden Grain, and it's it's awesome. Nice little shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, great owners, awesome people. But uh, let's um, we talking a little bit about the weather changing a second ago, and uh, man, it's gonna get back to being warm, and we're gonna be able to get back into fishing. I know none of I, there's been really no no ability to go fly fishing. In the oh. last week or so, it being like what yeah. twenty for the high. I mean, I you're going to be able to get a little bit out, but it's just everything would lock up so much, and what wasn't locked. Mo- I mean, some moving waters, iced around the edges, but yeah, the big rivers iced around the edges, and there's bergs coming down through the middle. But we're going to have a while because once all this rain comes through, this blowout's going. I mean, yeah, it's, we're going to have the better part of a good week to get that to go away. Well, we've we're going to have flooding. We've got eight inches of snow, and the where cri- you're at, yeah, and the cricks are frozen. So, you know, we're going to get we an got inch. 50 and a quarter inch coming. Three straight days of rain and yeah. a quarter inch in the middle it of it. It is going to blow Big. everything out. Cool. Every, and it's going to change. Like, this is structure changing. So, blow Yeah, out. because it's ice. Awesome. That's what yeah. we need, though. Yeah, that'll be, it'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Some of the smaller creeks and streams are going to, we're going to get new channels. This will move boulders. On the big river. It needs to blow out some of those trees that have been down and sitting in places for a while on the Little Creek, too, yeah. that I've been seeing. If it blew some of those out, I wouldn't be uh, real mad. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, we were at record levels on one of our creeks, and there's still a tree in the middle that just won't budge. It's hope, Hopefully this ice will, will burn it through, but no, I was at, least, at least cut the top off. There's not yeah. much water in them at the moment right now, though. I was thinking uh, I might try to... Maybe walk one of the small streams uh, before the F3T. Oh, that'd be cool. If if it's not blown out. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll I'll shoot you a text, and you just have to let me know if it's worth yeah. me traveling early or not. I'll go the long way. Wednesday. Oh boy, yeah, you're gonna be pushing it by Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna be close. Maybe worth yeah, it. Maybe I'll yeah, we'll 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 drive up, take the long, is, I'll, take I'll the long way you. around. Worst case scenario, you double back, get a sandwich, and then come down a little early. Yeah. Oh, yeah, either way. That's what I figured. <laughs> it w- the worst that would happen, we'd just hang out with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, let me know. I'll go with you if you do. All I'm going to do is packing my stuff to take up. And we're getting we're getting a lot more vendors, uh, which is which is pretty exciting. What do you got? Uh, so far, uh, Cortland's out. Uh, Rooster's going to be down in uh, Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Going for redfish. Nice. So Can't beat that this time of year. I was like, I forgive you. <laughs> But we're having, there's a couple lodges coming, one in central Pennsylvania, and then one down uh, a little further south. The guide is a uh, Franklin boy, so he's going to come back up, and they're going to donate a rod, the the Reddington rod and reel, the seven-weight rod and reel. Path or whatever? You're yeah. I, like the, the, I think the so. Relation, yeah. yeah. So uh, a couple B&Bs, uh, a woodworker is going to be there. And he is a fly fisherman, so he's prototyping some tool holding kits and stuff like that. So yeah, a lot of cool. P- Mark's going to be there, of course. Thank you, Mark. Uh, the the same uh, artwork lady's going to be there again this year. So barn, bar- no farm girl graphics. Farm girl, that's she never got back to me. Nope. Uh, which is okay. If she's busy, she's busy. Great, but this is uh. You're talking about the framing one. Yeah, Victorian yeah. City Art and Frame. Yeah, but yep. she got some more prints specifically for this. So. Oh, nice. Cool. So that'll be cool, and uh, we're still waiting on prizes. Prizes are coming in. I suppose. What's uh, did you get all the stuff for you after three T? No. So uh, I'm going to talk to them, 
And uh, if they don't have it, I'm going to go buy it and then invoice them for that. Uh, and they will pay it. Or I will fly to Australia and rip some ears off of people. Because ears are the easiest thing to rip off a body. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Jeez, that was, I, if that wasn't an airing of grievance, I don't God. know what was. Yeah, and mine I, are mine are big. They're easy to get a hold who, of. Uh, but there, but there will who took uh, be a ton of prizes. Who took the fly sponsor this year? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. They hit me up right after land last year's, and I was like, uh, "No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, appreciate it." No, Squala's a sponsor this year. Nice, which is a first. Yeah, which is which is good for them. Good quality gear. Yeah, I hear a lot of. Really I've good heard a lot of gear. stuff, but I haven't never seen it, but I've heard a lot about it. Yep. Uh, and then the usuals, Costa, Sims, Yeti. Nice. So there'll be a pair of Costa glasses. There's a Yeti loadout bucket. There's a bunch of Yeti bottles. Uh, I reached out to a company called Hollow. They make those alpaca socks that I read yeah. about. They sent me two packs of socks. Sweet. I'm going to put all my tickets on them. Yeah, so there's... <laughs> you know, me and alpaca socks. Oh, man. I got, the insoles. Anything. I got the insoles in my boots. Yeah. I've been eyeing up one of them like... Uh, Wool sweaters made in Peru. Yeah. My man, this thing looks so sweet, but I don't know if this is me or not. <laughs> it's like, I'm afraid because they're like pushing 300 bucks for a good one. Yeah. And it's like, man, I want to spend $300 and then just look like a complete idiot. Because, I mean, it is uh, like the I want to be honest, to, as your friend, I hope you look like a complete idiot. As a person that cares about your well-being, I hope it's perfect for oh, you. Oh, thank you. You're sitting there going, <laughs> please be like them hook bibs. Please be like the hook bibs. Please be like those <laughs> hammer <laughs> pants. That kept please have this stupid design and be like three sizes <laughs> too big. Oh, those are my favorite you had. Oh, the MC hammer bibs. When you yeah. got new bibs, I was so sad because these actually fit. All <laughs> oh, the wind didn't pick up. And Mark's <laughs> pants would flap in the bl- in the breeze. I want him at the beast. Oh, like, whatever. I'll, I'll use them until I get something else. Hey, dude, you know what? They were great. You were too legit to quit, bro. <laughs> but yeah, oh, man. tons of hats. So Devin's coming. So lucky <laughs> yeah. him. Uh, and I'm still. There's a lot, man. We we had a nice we have a nice crew coming, man. I got yeah. I got a I got a load of people coming myself. Pre-registration has been like online registration has been good. So this can year you so can far. get you can get tickets at the door? Correct. Okay, that's they're, that's they're my, more expensive. My lazy ass wants to pay full price at the door. I want you to do that. Uh, yes, that's what I want to <laughs> do. Um, but they're gonna have beer at the venue, and we're gonna have Bodine's hot dogs inside. Cool. Um, so there'll be because we're starting at one thirty. So. Most people have already eaten lunch, so we're not going to supply like a ton of food. But if you want to get something to eat, the show starts at three. It'll be done by five thirty or six. Uh, and I talked to my buddy at the brewery, and you know the outside's going to be open and available. Inside's going to be open and available, and we're going over there at like six six thirty. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a really so good. So the where is at one thirty? Where should you be? Barrow Civic Theater. Everything is happening at the Barrow Civic Theater this year. And there is alcohol at the Barrow Civic Theater? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes, there is. Awesome. They've got more than just the brewery beer on tap. So they've got a tap system with five or six beers in it. It's going to be cans, bottles, food inside there. And it's you. You remember the hallway from last year? There's tons of. room I don't remember for spon- anything from last year. I drank so much. Well, there are tons of room for sponsors and in ec- the expo in there. It's going to be. 
it's going to be real nice. And, you know, if it's supposed to rain or be crappy, it'll be a good day to come inside. Watch a, a sweet movie. I watched the teaser trailer. I still don't have the movie yet either. That's well, that's good. Interesting. I yeah. will. Mm-hmm. I will. I'd hope so. <laughs> that was probably <laughs> Look, something uh, you shouldn't have said. Looking better than last year's in? Yes. As far as quality, yes. Uh, as far as what we want to see, no. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, mean, so, that's, I, I figured that, but at least if we can get some of that corny stuff out of there and have, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll buckle. take trout and salmon. Yeah. Yeah, there's over just all ocean yeah, fish. Uh, as long there's, as it's like a good production and there's like like a, a bit of a story being told or something that catches you, yeah, you know, something kind of catch. Not I want to say story because some of them storylines were just bad, but I mean, yeah, yeah, be good. You know, you're getting I'm sure a lot of these sent in. Yeah, so I mean, you've got the best to pick from. I'm I'm still of the opinion that we need to get Jim to stop fishing for a year and we need to submit a musky film. Well, we need the drone footage. That we need to make so sure. It sounds like shit for me. <laughs> <laughs> but you could be an award-winning filmmaker. Or I could catch a 50-inch muskie one day whenever, you know, I wouldn't have caught him because I would have been behind a camera. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, anyway. we'll no, yeah, because no, no, no. you're going to be rowing your ass off <laughs> anyway now. So we're gonna I'll vid- be catching it. We're going to video Mark doing what he does. That's fine. I, and, I can uh, wear a GoPro on my head. I, I'd love could, to be part of the production the team. Hell yeah! Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to be on air talent. Actually, you know what? We all I'll have GoPros. How's nice. that sound, Mark? That's great. I love that. We all need to use them. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm definitely. Listen, your GoPro scares me. Okay, I would hate to edit off of your GoPro. You have like ten hours of filming on your <laughs> GoPro, Sims. <laughs> I I, st- I didn't think that was physically possible for the device. I start and stop mine purposely, though. So I've got they're small snippets. Yeah. Uh, but I'm definitely wearing it. Have you ever taken that SD card out <laughs> since you've owned it? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I just I transfer it to my phone and that and that sends it to my Mac and there we are. God. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna wear it in Kentucky because it's just gonna be beautiful. I mean, scenery. if we're making a real footage though and a real video I already planned on bringing all the camera shit down to Kentucky. Have to, or somebody when you have a drone, right? You have a drone. I have a drone yeah. that shoots in 4K or whatever. Or? It does. It's not the. It's it's the mini, the mini DJ, DJI mini. Yeah, the DJI Mini Air Pro three or something. It's fine, but it shoots in 4K. It's not the big mamma jamma that Bam brought to the beast because Bam's drone. I was like, oh man, I want that. Yeah, <laughs> that was the real one. Yeah, that thing's. I think sweet. what was that? The Maverick. Yeah, the Mavic. Mavic, yeah. Yeah, that thing was sweet. Wait, it's the Mavic. Mavic. Yeah. Okay. No R. So okay. No Tom Cruise. I okay. love I love DJI, but they make like the Air, the Air Two, the Air Two Pro Three, the Mini, the Mini Pro. Like, can you have different names? Mark actually sent me something the other day. Did you see that Backbone is doing GoPro accessories now, like they have for the iPhone and stuff? The cages. Like cage, no. cages, lens accessories, everything, snap-ons. Oh. Well, I don't, I don't monkey with that when I have my GoPro. I put a, I put a. That po- seems a little excessive for a GoPro, but yeah, they're already mostly indestructible. I put a polarizing filter on it and call it a day. That's that's really it. I do want two more though. I need two more. And that's the thing is, you don't have to wear them if you've got them in your boat. 
right? Like if you put one on a rail and then one on a, a motor, I can't put it on oh, my that, motor. Oh, that bar that's over my console, man. I have one mounted oh, forward and one right off the, the back. <laughs> you, need, you need to put Go one on, on your... Uh, sound like a gunshot. <laughs> Shattered you on my shifter. You need to put one on your Shred. throttle. That's what I need. Another yeah. thing on yeah. that throttle. Yeah. Put, put one on the <laughs> yeah. throttle so, so, so he can catch it again. My hey, at least Raz will be able to. Raz will be there. Raz is great at netting fish. Yeah, and I know, I know, I know Raz. I would trust Raz. It's okay, Chris. You guys hit me last week too, and I wasn't even here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the best. That's the best time to dig on you. I wait. I wait for the next day when I do that, just to hear somebody. Oh, I can't wait. I th- if Chris I th- hears that, he's gonna want to kill me. I texted you. The funny part is, is like, like we'll do the podcast. I'll like forget about it. And like I'll get a message, but what the heck is it? Oh, <laughs> and then like hits you. Well, I don't listen to the podcast when I'm on it, but I, when I when I'm not on it, I want to I want to hear what happened, and I really wanted to hear from uh, Brian Weiss too. I was really sad I couldn't be here, but uh, he was really good. It first, was fun. first you started with Chris isn't responsible for his own boat, and then followed quickly by Jim Bodini. Well, he can't net a fish either. <laughs> so, I, so I remember texting you. I was like, motherfucker, I swam 100 yards in oh, yeah, that will be, yeah, water. This is, this is because you to, weren't responsible in the first place. To prove how responsible I was for well, my boat. Somebody had to go get it. I, if you'd have called me, I'd have swam for it if it was mine. No. Oh, as soon as that thing popped off, my immediate was I was immediately looking at the first dock and the angle it was floating at. I'm going to run any boats from the left. <laughs> no, I was just going to be like, I'm going to go right over there. I'm going to wait because the wind's blowing like 15 mile an hour and it's going to be coming to me in about 10 minutes. And then he was already walking his like, All right, yep. well, if you're going to do that, go right ahead. It's I was quicker. But <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I was okay. I'm like, I'll hang out over here and wait. So the first thing he did was, nice knot, bub. <laughs> <laughs> was it? <laughs> that was the very first thing he said. <laughs> that, does, that does not sound like Mark at all. I could not have, I could not have heard that come out of his head. Nice knot, bub. Uh, that, that, that's fitting. That sounds oh, right. Oh, 100%. Man. It's, that's engraved in my auditory memory for eternity. <laughs> hey, you'll always tie a solid knot from here on out. No, it wasn't well, even the knot. It was like just it's pushing it into the cleat. Yeah, it, was the, it was the cleat, Carabiner. not the knot. Now it's all, we're going carabiners yeah. from here on out. And maybe uh, a secondary. I'll have that, the remote around my neck. There will be another remote, which I already own, <laughs> in my truck. So if I have to turn that on, yeah, we're we're good now. This won't happen again. I'm not saying I won't get in the water again. Hey, if all thing, if anything, at least it happened when it did and where it did. And I know it was cold, but the water wasn't moving. Right, it wasn't in yeah. a river. It would have been a river. Yeah, we put that bro. thing in, and that water was moving. It's just, fucked. Yeah. Bad. Quite. Yeah. We'd have been driving to the next bridge and trying to jump off it. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. Calling the Coast Guard. I don't know what you would do. Uh. Well. If it's on my river, there's enough islands, it eventually would have stopped. And I know where those islands are off the side of the road. I just Hopefully swear. it didn't uh, smash that yeah. first barrier on the first bend. Yep. But uh, Or, you know, on my river, there are skinny spots. It just would have bottomed out. Because yeah, if, you don't, well if you don't run that channel right. Mm-hmm. But I'm a pretty fast swimmer. With the current, I probably could have kept up with the boat and caught up to it. Hey, Michael Phelps. Well, I'm no Michael Phelps, but... You know, I don't have to worry about not floating. <laughs> That's so, the answer. so I can put all my energy <laughs> into moving across the water. 
That's oh, great. Yeah. So it's a buoyancy ratio. Now he's just got to go. Yeah, so, cutting water. That's it. As long as I keep an air lungs full of air, there's no way. That's kind of like sinking. a duck. <laughs> I'm just gonna see, go, yeah, see my little legs. Three quarters of the three quarters of them's above. But. I'm just gonna carabine to the front and get my wrist a little wet and call it a day. Yeah, I'm carabine to the front from. So well, I'm gonna so, carabine okay. to that cleat. You from yeah, here you can carabine right that, to that cleat. That's yeah, not gonna. That's I mean, what it's, I'm gonna it's do. cattywampus, but it's not a big deal up on the yeah. angle. But trying to get that back off afterwards is gonna be a nightmare. What I might do is tie a second loop, uh, about seven feet up, carabine to both cleats. So that way, if one fails, because I'm a little um, nervous about it now. No, I imagine uh, that's what I was going to say. We had a we had a this large discussion. This will never happen again. We had a discussion after that happened. We after we talked shit, mm-hmm. not about your netting skills, but about you know you swimming for the boat. That you were coming up with solutions. Oh boy! And you know even the trolling motor, having man, but if you didn't have the trolling motor down, it's just going to be spinning, right? Mm-mm. No, because his, his has an automatic deploy. Mine's automatic deploy. Oh, that would be so, okay. Perfect. So had I had that thing on me, yes. I just would have auto-deployed and brought it right over to the dock where Mark was standing there watching with his mouth open like, what an idiot. Why why, why is this boat floating away? Yeah, <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I was eyeing up the next dock and where it was heading to. Well, I'll give Michael credit. Michael went out in his waders as far as he could go, and I respect it. <laughs> Yeah, I was not waitered. And he, he just throws the rope at the boat. Like, listen, you know what? Honestly, if there's anybody that I could think of that is in our little circle that could probably rope something, Michael would be the guy. I feel like that's a skill Michael would have. Well, I mean, it's it's a soaking wet, limp <laughs> rope <laughs> with a four-inch loop on the end. <laughs> Yeah, well, he turned around. I'm already m- naked down to the skivvies. And he looks up like, well, you're doing what? What else am I going to do? I got to go. Yeah, uh, it's only getting further away. That's it. But when you called me irresponsible, I could have. <laughs> I knew it. Come to my I, exactly. That's what I. That's what I want. That's that's where I. That's exactly where I was going. I, I, the, I, the netting thing, I'm I'm okay with. You know, every shit happens. Yeah, but. <laughs> I knew, I knew it. I was like, oh, I was like, wait till Chris listens to this. Well, even and my dad was sitting over there, he was giggling and laughing. He, I thought he, he, had a, he didn't say too, too much. He's, he's a man of few words. Your dad did great. I thought but he, he was, was awesome. yeah, but he did, the, he did the sponsors, and right. it sounded really good. Yeah, you know, and it was, it was fun having him on. He hadn't been on in a while. He said that the podcast is a lot different than what it was when he came on last. Is that good or bad? Good. He thinks it's okay. Good. good. Yeah, I'm gonna drain all the gas out of my boat because uh, I know I've got some old gas in there before Kentucky. Like that thing's gonna be oh, ready I'm, to I'm roll. I'm empty. I I made sure I was almost bone dry in there. I tried to. That's why we went fishing that one day uh, to try to drain it. But the wind was so bad, we we couldn't run. I think I got like maybe a sixteenth of a tank. Like I am, I just hovering in between an eighth and empty. Right hey, on. Hey, uh. On that note, fellas, do you want to, uh, we'll give Tommy Lynch a call here in just a second. Sounds great. All right. Hey, we're back with Tommy Lynch. Uh, that's all he wouldn't be called, Tommy, right? Uh, your, your Lions just had the biggest game that they've had in a long time. Um, and you being a Lions fan, and we love the brand new Lions here on the mm-hmm. SBS. Uh, Mark doesn't like him so much next week because he's a, a Niners fan. But, uh, no, I just don't hey, like him. I, 
I love it. I love the idea. I love the idea that Goff got. They played a great game. Cost to the Wolves and great game. What a phenomenal coach you guys have. It, it really, uh, it really took. My boys are still hooting and hollering across the way. I'm over in the, <laughs> in the nice. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's that's a big day for us here. You know, that's uh, my boys are you know deep into about every six degrees of sports around here. So. Yeah, I mean, there was balls getting thrown, mommy yelling, and, and a whole lot of popcorn and uh, pretzels going around. So that's a huge moment for Detroit. Congratulations. Yeah, that's uh, those boys are those boys are. Yeah, it's a uh, it's I can't believe it. It's it's been a long time. They say so. I'm not deep into the sports, guys. I really I'd like to well, say that I am. My boys are far deeper into it than I. I got my head underwater most days of the week, but usually they got me at practice four other days of the week. So <laughs> how old are your boys, no. Tommy? 14 and 11, 14 and 11. And, uh, yeah, they're doing basketball, baseball, and football. Ooh, that's awesome. And, yeah, it's a good time, and it keeps you busy. And it's such a short amount of time we get with these little varmints. It's, it seems like the other day we were just changing them. So it's a short yeah. amount of you know? I've, I've got three, seven, four, and eight months. And it's, you know, I mean, it's just flying by, dude. It's just, it's creepy. It's like you blink in there. You know, she, you know, my wife's six feet tall. So, you know, my boy, 14 years old, has got a shoe size on me already. And he's two inches taller. How's this and uh, so, so, you know, I, I don't know if she's feeding a miracle grow or I don't know what's going on. They're, they're looking really, they're, they're looking really good and they're playing a good game. So we, we had a good basketball game last night. We did not win either one of our games, but we came close to both. So. Awesome. Yeah. Mine can start driving in less than two months. Oh, man. What? Yeah. Wow. When did that yeah. happen? Tell me I, about I, it. I, yeah. I know Goes I quick. I know I haven't been around that long, but when did that happen? Goes quick. It sure does. Yeah. Uh, we, she was a little kid when we uh, started this, well, when Mark came on the podcast, and yeah, the, it all goes really fast. Uh, every one of the guys at the podcast table is, is, is a dad. Um, I know huh? Jim's got one wrestling right now. Oh man, I spent all day wrestling today. Uh huh. Mine's uh-huh. a mine's a gymnast and a cheerleader. So she's just oh, flipping around the house all day, and we just girl, as long yeah. as it's before nine o'clock, I'm okay with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and mine are mine. Are, you know, my oldest is seven, but I'm six four, and my wife is five eleven. So I imagine basketball's in my future. Yeah, and a yeah, lot of cows to feed them. Yeah, born yeti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is gonna have his. Own, you're gonna have your own little field with four cows yeah. in it every year. He's just gonna just, just to feed them. I'm him. into that. I would love you know make yeah. them get up in the morning, feed their food. I would love yeah. that, dude. Let's get the chickens idea. and the lamb out there yep. with them. Just Heck raise yeah. a wagyu for me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm out there massaging them and feeding them beer all day. <laughs> <laughs> that is on the tough. payroll. I mean, it, it hit it hit negative eleven here. On Thursday, I don't know. I don't know how. Well, they'd be. We've been on. Be, yeah, I mean, come on. There's gonna be a barn involved. And, it always, and they, they'd, they'd be food. Out. They'd be food by now anyway. Yeah. We did. We did. Uh, we did a moonlight walk. I think it was on Friday with all of the uh, basketball uh, parents around the bonfire. And when we left the place, it was negative three, and we were Ooh. dressed for it. We did this like hike in the moonlight through their woods, and it was all cool. But, um. Yeah, it was not kidding. It froze up. I mean, the lower Pier Marquette right now is frozen right now. So, now, Do you guys got a warm-up coming up here soon, or are you staying pretty well cold? 
No, no, no. Yeah, we're we just we just got cold like this a week ago with that big storm. In fact, I had a guide trip uh, the day it blew in, and I, geez, I told the guy that the fishing this year just. He wanted to learn how to swing fish better, use a two-handed rod in a, in a better form. So I told him the fishing was what it was. We went. It sucked. <laughs> and uh, I still got a big tip, and he's coming back as soon as it warms up. But that's supposed to be the day after tomorrow. We're supposed to get to 35 and start kind of uh, breaking out of the cube here a little bit. So The same for us, yeah. yeah we're, we're supposed, supposed to, to start move, moving up uh, tomorrow and on and on from the week. Here comes the rain. Yeah, yeah, if we get rain on this snow up here, we could essentially get our fall run um, now instead of, Boy. you know, in October, November when we were due. And and we had a, sh- a few shots of fish, and I had about a <clears throat> a week's worth of good fishing. But to say that the fishing's been there all season would be, you know, and there's, I, I don't want to, I'm not mentioning any names. There's a, I hear a half a dozen guides now. Um that are throwing chum and it's mm, you know, mm. they're doing what they think they got to do. And most of these guys are, you know, they're very numbers oriented, you know, most of the bead and the spawn and the, and, uh, and, and that type of, uh, uh guiding. I mean, it's a very, you know, you want to have the numbers cause it's not really about the, you know, what I'm pushing is not numbers. I'm not pushing that, um, that, uh, that agenda so much as the the betterment of the skills and all that. And as you get better, I I will say you're not going to find a better streamer guide to go out with. But the idea that I'm out there keeping up with bead fisherman numbers is a reach. (laughs) So having a guy show up is, uh, I love beads. Yeah. Beads work. I mean, they really do. I mean, they're, they're terribly effective. I mean, a center pin is arguably the best way to, Oh, I don't that, use that. that I use that's, them on a, a, that's a touchy I, subject. I would over use them here. on a fly rod. We don't use them on center pins. I would never touch a center pin. Well, I'm okay. a reform pinner. That's disgusting. That's, you know, it's like you know. So let's call. So fly fishing is supposed to be the worst way to catch fish. Can we all agree on that? I mean, we're supposed to be the hardest way. Or, we're yeah. supposed yeah. to produce the least conventional tactics. So, so my argument has always been the shortcuts seem to get us in these weird spots and fly fishing as it were the gray area and and there's a lot of guys up here that would argue oh a bead's still artificial just like a fly and i would say yes but i didn't peg it and i tied mine you you have a plastic mold so the argument between a plastic mold bead and a rapella gets very gray so if you're going to fly fish shouldn't it be tied to make it that sport i mean if yeah. it's about eating fish, we should all just get the spawn bags in the center and get it the fuck done. But where's that? Where's that? I know we talk about that all the time on this fly. Uh, I'm this, loving every this, second on of this podcast. Well, you know, and, I th- and there, there's a spot where you know, like a lot of flies now have their little. There's a little uh, spinner type of trailer on a lot of flies now. Sure. You know, Very. some of the things that Blaine even makes are like crafts, arts, and crafts. And yeah, he's dealing with still, a lot. Is this is that a fly or is that you know? Because your fly, that, that Blaine fly is still more of a fly than say a gummy minnow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, no, I'm like, not talking about the game changer. The game changer is oh, absolutely a fly. I'm talking about oh, some of the other things he makes that aren't that are basically gummy minnows. Like a gummy minnow. Or, the, yeah, the, yeah, the gummy yeah, minnow. The you gummy know, minnow. Yeah, yeah, or the gummy minnow. You know, like well, it's, you know, it's like a. I I mean, I think. 
the game changers one hell of a fly. I mean, that the way that tail wiggles on that fucking thing is sexy as shit, especially in that that slower, you know. Mm-hmm. And and the way that the mechanics of that fly are fantastic because he he used other components besides wire and hooks, which we've all been kind of stuck in a rut doing indefinitely. So having that kind of bridged out and changed allowed for a tail action we have not yet seen. But he tied for that effect. He did. He he tied material to shank and hook to make that affair so to call the shank any different than wire would be you know i wouldn't say there's any anything there but you know like as soon as you're sliding something up on a hook or a plastic mold or something that's made that wasn't spun then it starts getting you know it's like here in the flies only section you're not allowed to use rubber eggs even though this is a flies only section nor are you allowed to use beads because bead is not considered a fly in michigan it's something pegged yeah i I uh I I go back to the movie Tombstone on this. Uh, no, really, it all depends on you know. Doc Holliday started the movie. My hypocrisy only goes so far, and then he ended it with my hypocrisy. Apparently, my hypocrisy knows no bounds. That it, and uh, like I, they catch his fish. I'm not saying beads don't catch fish. Look, you know, it's like Euro nymphing. Euro nymphing is oh, arguably God. the most effective way to produce fish on a fly, right? It, yeah, one hundred percent is. We it makes us it makes us throw up in our mouth. Learn how to fly fish. You're not using any type of tapered cast. You're using no forward presentation ideal. You're 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 simply flicking, picking, and holding in a column. And don't get me wrong, there's strategies with all that. But the idea that a cast is made, I think, is forfeit. And that's really, I think, a lot of fly fishing starts is with some type of tape, be it sink tip or. Or a big floater or a spade. I mean, the cast, the identification that it's not the weight of something making the cast so much as the line casting that element. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of is it. I could not agree more. So much of, too, the immediate gratification of like today's society, because I mean, think about like what all of it it retains. It's all catching fish. There's no sat. There's no satisfaction in how it's done. I mean, deadly. I mean, it's 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 the same way I used to fish a nightcrawler when I was a kid. Oh yeah. You know, you hold it right in the middle of the column and you just wait for the the little nibble and you flick right. So in Michigan, though, we've got some issues with it because in Michigan, we call it diet chuck and duck. And we don't have the same, say, level of angler mixing in. I'm not saying there aren't some good year on fishermen in Michigan. What I'm saying is, is that in Michigan, we have what we call the Manistee Twitch as well, which is a byproduct of chuck and duck. And Chuck and Duck has taught people that whether or not they get a bump or a hit or whatever the hell they want to call it, there's a, there's a hook set at the end of that drift. And then I ask them. Every time. You, yeah, and, and, I, and, and I, I can't help but ask them, you know, it's like, did you feel something? Did, did, you, did it feel fishy to you? Was there a reason you lifted and flicked at the end? And they say, no, that's just the end of my drift. And I said, so you set the hook because it's the end of your drift. And he says, yeah. I said, because you were, well, just in case there's something there. And I'm, and then I asked myself why I see what I see sometimes in the Euronymph, uh, um, you know, uh, population around here where you see the same thing now, where you see these guys drifting through the run and on the end, they kind of have this little lifting check. And I'm, what are you checking? And I'm like, do you get a bite? No but I still lifted the rod. So where does bump fishing start and a bite begin? You know, that's, that's up to the, you know, observer or, you know, I guess 
you know, I got into fly fishing after I did a whole bunch of conventional fishing. So I already knew how to catch a bunch of fucking fish. I also indicator fish for steelhead for a long, long time. So it was like, you know, you knew how to get the numbers, you know. And when beats came along, I looked at them and I said, man, what am I going to do when I get home as a fishing guide? I can't tie any eggs. I got to just put beads in a box. Fuck that. I want to tie. This is supposed to be harder. This is the sport of fly fishing. It wasn't supposed to be. There's no shortcuts. It's like Chuck and right. Why'd you get it? You know, it's we're 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 trying to I don't want to say we're dumbing it down. What we're trying to do is find shortcuts to the end. And what I'm saying is if it is about catching fish for that person individually or not, I'm not against. Convent, I love I fish with spin guys. So, you know, I gather a lot of data from them and. I will say if it's about catching fish, get the bait, get the beat, get the rappella, and go out there and get yourself some. <laughs> I love, <it>. yeah. <laughs> well, I love swinging it, a, a good, a good rappella, right? Right. I mean, a rappella is, is trout kryptonite. I mean, you want to know the, the baseline of the drunken disorderly. You're, I mean, that's it. I mean, my, that rappella kicked my ass three ways sideways for the better part of my adult life. And, and it, what is it? fucking big pen with a yellow eye and it still whoops that fly's ass every day of the week and there there are reasons why and i i had to sit there and look at it and watch a bunch of smolts die and all that other shit but it's movement <laughs> it's that so, inconsistent so yep that just hey that wobble. one's injured that's, a, that's that... a that's a good segue into what we should be talking about so yeah, i'm Kind of went off, and I got no, I got, no. This is no, that's great. No, no we wanna, loved it. We loved it. No. I want to be honest. I loved every section of that. I enjoyed it thoroughly because I could. Yeah. Good I, stuff. I generally couldn't agree more. Well, and, and like I have a lot of good friends of mine that are, I mean, exceptional anglers um, in their own right for conventional, and their numbers will always be stronger than mine. I accept that. In fact, I love getting my ass handed to me by. Yeah. Here, you know, it's well, it's, you, you know, you could you can go and you I'm 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 a sucker for I like to take my daughter out once a year on my the big trout stream where I'll actually we actually have decent sized uh wild trout. And nice. you know, I like to take her there and but it's stocked as well over uh-huh. those fish. But so we go out and it's it's nice to you know, she can swing a spinner. I, I, I use the Joe's fly usually because I can add weight as according um, mm-hmm. and let that that and it actually has a fly on the end of it, but and a treble hook and everything else that goes along with it. It's but we're using it. But either man. way, we're catching stockies for the most part. But getting her to learn to, you know, move that that uh, almost like it'd be like a streamer. Because if you were throwing a streamer, you would be swinging that streamer through the area that you're going to be doing the same thing, and maybe jigging or moving it in the right air times, and um, mm. it's you know it's a lot of fun. But um, just for the gear side of things, we were just talking about, and that's and it's deadly. It's that's so deadly. But you know, us guys, we at some point uh, went to the fly, and I want to. We're going to talk a little bit more about the fly and the fly you designed, and why you designed it the way you designed it. So uh, well, I want to talk about some D&D fishing, uh-huh. um, why you felt like that was the way to go with fly design, and uh, let's let's get into it a little bit. And the, off f- the gerbil. and the future iterations, <laughs> like you're talking about, the minis and the micros. and Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I will say the, 
the the tail waters you guys can thank for the triple i don't know if i would have ever i mean that double made it several years before i needed a triple and it was just because i knew the trout that were in the tailwaters really want planters you know it's by the time the smoke clears you had to grow four inches and you didn't really want to move the the needle too much the neat thing is between the drunk without a tail and a drunk with a tail you know one you got a soft plastic action the other one's more like a broken rapella you know you get that wiggle and shake you don't get that slide glide or that you know that kind of you know sluggo finish if you will um you know if, if you work them all just right there's there's some amount of zaro spook or you know jerk bait like action with them i've i have found in in the last you know five years i used to always think it was maybe a water condition thing but you know as the fish are getting smarter more and more people are doing the streamer thing i'm seeing that there's an amount of shock violence um relative to your ability to kind of transmit that to the fly heads especially when you're talking about these float recoveries and you know that Dahlberg diver, I think I the, found this on the web. Oh, I hate it when my fucking phone talks to me. It pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the Dahlberg diver, the first time I saw that on Larry Dahlberg's hunt for big fish, and we used to run like cougars and stuff behind our big, you know, Alaskan strip leech style brown trout, you know, stuff we used to come back from Alaska with and that little cougar or like a Madonna or something like that. We'd always run as a trailer and having that floating deer just made more and more sense as you go to lift a, you know, a tandem rig out of the water, that shoulder pull, that rotator cuff. As I went into my late twenties, you could start feeling that wear and tear from trying to pick up that much fly when you were finding out that the fish being a predator on sit, that is a fish that's kind of keyed up in some of these tailwaters you're fishing the count of trout kind of goes down relative to the crick. By the way, I've been fucking shit up in cricks, and I, I can't tell you how cool it is to look them in the eye when they're eating it. You know what I mean? And cricks That's awesome, get, yeah. The visuals that I've gotten from, and you know, the, the, the neat thing about cricks is I can talk all the fuck I want about them, because unlike these rivers where they're kind of getting busier and stuff like that, the cricks that I'm fishing and catching some really nice fish out of, I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta have a cast or you but you don't it's not some like western montana trout meadow this is like you know fishing in cambodia the you know the trees are in your ear when you go for your back cast and you get into these pockets and you find a piece of wood you know upwards of 35 40 feet up river and you can challenge that wood to make you a liar which is to say as you get better and better at this trout game you'll start looking at structure relative to its depth its proximity to the bend where it is relative to the straightaway the flat etc 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 and say that's where he's at and then what you do is you set up this two to four cast scenario where you would draw that thing like a salve from underneath that damn tree and when it works you want to talk you want to know why we go fly fishing and we don't peg that fucking bead that's why we go fly fishing because you get to turn a fish that you idealize, spun a fly for, set yourself into a place that nobody's going to bother you. You're not going to bump into anybody. And you get to bring that fish to you because you approach from the downstream up. So he didn't even know you were coming at 35, 40. So you get to draw him to your ankles and watch him eat it. And that, that is, that is really what, what I get off on in streamers now. 
it's that visual. Don't get, I get that from the, the tailwaters, but I'll get the blind hit. I'll throw, you know, 80, 90 feet of line. If I tag at 70, 60 and I'm deep, you know, I might get a flash and a whistle and maybe a good pull, but to say I got to see the white of his eyes would be, you know, a reach. And I like, I like that small game. I like that mid-sized river. I like, I like seeing a, you know, it's really, you know, when, when I came up with the triple D, we were out of wildcat. I was in Chad Johnson's boat. And, uh, this is the, this is 45 minutes into the inception of this fly. We're in the first bend below wildcat. I get a 29 and three quarter inch fish. Now this being my first time to Arkansas, I think it was my second trip in the boat. Might've been the first, I think it was the second, I think it was the second run. And we pulled that fish up and I do remember hooking it that the white is a massive body of water. I mean, it's, it's a hundred feet or a hundred yards across in most spots. And, and when I buttoned up that fish, I would have pulled it maybe 23, 25 at best. And I gave him the wood. I stuck it down and left and, you know, veered him in and all the way to the boat. I called that thing, you know, no better than 25, 26 as it did get a little bit bigger as it got to the boat. But when we taped that thing out over 29, the size of the watershed essentially shrinks the fish. So when you see a 20, 22 inch fish in that small water coming up right in front of you, like right under your eight foot rod, throwing a 160 and a, you know, one of these little drunks that you can see oh, on yeah. impact, you know, that's, that's just cool. That's, I'm sorry. I'm rambling. No, that's awesome. Now, you know what? We end up, that this... relates to our, our trout fishing closer, like throwing a small D and D or a D and D in general. And, Watching fish come out of smaller areas and like a middle side, like not a not a it's yep. not a river, but it's still a tailwater. It's it's we don't it's, have big trout waters here. No, no. We, so we have that mid size, but we have big fish in there, and you could watch a twenty come up to your feet, like you're talking about, and the medium sized you're fishing. We have this local to us, and it's a lot of fun. And we didn't get enough on it because of the drought you were talking about. No, but you know what was Indeed. cool. Was this spring throwing D and D's and seeing them stripers come right or wipers and come right yeah. away them, hey, dude? It was awesome. I mean, they're coming. We're just twitching them right up along the surface and they're coming up and whacking them. It was oh, it, yeah. they worked fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I heard that Cumberland. You can have uh, double your pleasure there. You can get a brown as big as your leg and maybe a striper even bigger. Dang. So here we have uh, they they stock hybrids in our locals, so we get some decent size huge. Yeah. I mean, I they love D and D's. 29 this year was the yep. biggest those one that was caught. Pretty good. What's that? Those stripers dig those D's okay? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They like that quick snappy action. Just anything that's kind of like that quick movement and just white looking like a shad. Yeah, shad. White, huh? White. Okay. Yeah. Oh, white. yeah. Yeah, I do mine with like a pearl body and then do like silver flash and then just like all Very. white head. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They look like chartreuse, too. Guys, are those fish like eating like a shad or is it more of like a rainbow? or what? Shad. They're eating shad. They are eating shad. Okay. Yeah, all, all, oh, yeah. all day. If you have electronics in some of those, some you of those can places. You see the shad. Oh, I mean, yeah, dude, just balls. Oh, wow. You'll count billions yeah. of shad. Jeez, oh, Pete's. So, uh, you know, that's our local. It has there's tons of that fun stuff to be had. And it, it was it was an awesome time this, this spring. Yeah, and that's really was. Up. Yeah, it's coming up soon. Guys, that again? We are in western Pennsylvania. We're not too far what? from you, man. Really, we're yeah. not. No, six no, hours. No. Interstate 80 and 79, where they meet, that's basically where we're at. 
How far is that from Flatwoods? Just so I have an eye. <laughs> we're close. I, to I don't know where Flatwoods. We're yeah, an hour, I, I, hour I north can. of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. I used to shoot uh, the ideal world champ. The bow. I used to shoot bow for competition when I was a kid. Oh, and cool. uh, well, go to but, the world championships um, down there in uh, Flatwoods, West Virginia. And it was. Remember when we saw you in Cabin Fever, in Pittsburgh? We're an hour north of there. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah, I think that was cabin fever we were in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were cabin fever yeah. that year. Yeah. Crap, that was five it was quite years ago. Some time now. ago, man. Yeah. We were hanging outside and uh, shooting stuff. And yeah, you still go to that? Sigs. Yep. No, I'm. I'm. I've. Uh, I've kicked my old cigs and I'm chewing tobacco like it's going out of style. But <laughs> well, that's good. You still go to the cabin fever up here? My man. I got something cabin, coming for me. What's the cabin fever? The one that was in Cranberry, Pittsburgh area. Have I been to that? You yeah. were there. That's it where, made, that's I, where think, I met you, man. I think you were there as maybe just a speaker for it. Yeah, you did well, a, I, you, well, you were at a booth, and you uh, you did a a uh, like seminar. And uh, Senya was there as well. He did a seminar that day. That day. You were there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a fun event. Kelly Gallup was there last year. I talked to him for a little while. Kelly was at the, uh, w- this is the, the one in the Cabin Fever one. Correct. He, yeah, but he wasn't at the there. one you went uh, the year you were there. No, he was at the one last year, where I ran I into you. him. I watched uh, something on uh, YouTube. I think it was uh, it was a good video of Kelly going down the Madison fishing uh, yellow. Uh, what was he saying? Yellow uh, sex dungeons with uh, uh, John uh, McClure, his big guy, his uh, his main oh, guy. Yeah. They were trashing them pretty good there. Yeah, it was pretty good to watch. <laughs> it's so much fun. I went and did that. It was it was awesome. Yeah, no, it was that absolutely Mad- amazing. Yeah, that Madison's a, a fun stream. I've got a dozen passes on that. We were there. Me and uh, Turner. We did a, a little walk and hike. Me and the wife and the boys went over to see uh, Turner around the Missouri, and me and Turner made it down the Madison for a couple of days and during the stone fly. So you can imagine how yeah. that. Yeah. We were so. we were there right before the stone or right before the salmon fly hatch came off. Oh gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah, and all the fish were up in up on the edges. So it was it was, it was uh, about a it was no casting, strip, 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 back in, smack your fly down, strip, 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 smack your fly down, strip, 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 and then there were a lot of fish to be had though. It was wonderful. Me, me and Turner were gonna throw the boat. He he was talking about possibly throwing the boat, and then me and him were talking about it because we've done that salmon fly and we know the the traffic and that. We ended up picking off uh, some walk-in access and doing that right up the bank shit. Oh yeah. There's that a lot just, of it. There's like a little islands out there and stuff. Like you can walk great. around and stuff. Yeah. Just it was, and you could get that second, third shot at them too, which was cool. And uh, yeah, no, that that western game is pretty cool. We did some what we called stropper fishing. By the time the smoke cleared, we struggled. Uh, we got a couple of nice fish to go on the the D's, but the grass was floating and uh, on the Missouri, so oh. we didn't didn't really convert too well on our timing there, but. You know, I, I will tell you the the reason that uh, 1884 Fly Shop is 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 you know localized and happening here in in you know Baldwin now is because uh, Dan White and myself went over to see Turner, and uh, he had never been over he'd never been out west he'd never seen a, a trout shop a western trout shop, and uh, he walked into Craig Montana and you know there's three of them within rock throw of each other and he mm-hmm. got to go in and you know, we go in the second one. He's like, why don't we have one of these things back here in Michigan? I said, that's a good question. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of nice shops on the east side here. 
you know, that are very trouty and, and, and that, but we, you know, on the West side of Michigan, you know, a lot of our fly shops are kind of. Oh yeah. Want... It can be, it can be rough. Are we you, did, we well, did a John Parks, Parks yeah. fly shop is the one we did, but yeah, around here, I mean, fly shops, it, it can be, it can be a hard game to have no. them. Yeah, no, a lot of these guys are, you know, half into the conventional, you know, you know, in fact, one of our local fly shops, I think, is going almost all conventional. And then another one, it's like they're, I don't want to get into it, but, you know, there's a lot of these so-called fly fishing trips that are being run and there's no fly fishing. In fact, I've passed a dozen guides that are writing, you know, fly fishing reports and all I do is see spinning rods and beads every time I go by, which is, like I said, fine. But don't go back and write a fly fishing report about the fish or the couple of fish that you've caught this year uh, on beads. And it's a little bait and switchy. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, and even even Mike Schultz, Schultz's has the G side now, like they've got their fly shop and then uh, they put an addition on and it's a gear side because Mike needed Mike has to. I think that was only the you got to make that money. Well, I mean, Mike, I mean, he got about as big as you're going to get as, I mean, a fly shop. I mean, he's, he was popping out of his, his shirt there as a fly shop. He's done. It's great, man. It, I mean, it's, it's something great. The, the, I mean, as far as making a fly shop, I mean, all it can be, Mike Schultz is, you know, he's got the ticket on that stuff. I don't know if he had another option but to kind of grow in that direction. You yeah, know, and had, I'm not begrudging him. I'm, no, gosh, no. Everybody's yeah, got absolutely. A, yeah. Thing. Especially down there where he's at. I mean, there's so much bass fishing localized and all that. I mean, he's he's urban. I mean, he's got a, a fair amount of traffic that, you know, up here at these destination or seasonal fly shops, if you will. Um, you know, there's traffic down there year round. In fact, I'm not sure if he's into the ice fishing stuff, but I'm, I'm sure it can't be, you know, too far out. But I know the ice fishing down there is huge, too. So, um, I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot more you know, people as far as the, I mean, he's got, like I said, that Schultz Outfitters is about as big as a fly shop as you're going to, I mean, he's, he's going to have to kind of start thinking of going like Cabela's way or something. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, just making the, man, we could probably use one of these in Ohio too, you know? So, you know, I could just see Mike, uh, Mike, you know, he's, he's he has got a little a, sister in Ohio. Yeah, no, he's, sure. uh, he's always been good with, you know, as long as I've known Mike, he has been, either improving somebody's fly shop, leaving a fly shop because it was going nowhere or building the best fly shop that I think the state's ever seen. I think that's fair. That's, you know what I mean? No. That's it's fair. go ahead. I, I'd say that's completely accurate. That is no, there's, I mean, as, as far as the market, I mean, he's, he, you can see him on the Instagram and the, the, the facebook most you know every time you tune in, he's got something else going a new shipment and all that other stuff i mean, I mean it's not a trout like i said it's not really a trout shop per se but it is it is about as big of a fly shop between the you know the smallmouth, the musky the pike now the gear stuff uh and don't forget jimmy's up here running steelhead trips for a month or so every fall yeah you know and he's so, got it six yeah. to six to eight guides Oh gosh, he's got a stable of guides. Um, yeah, uh, I think uh, Nick, uh, Corey, who really drives the the ship in the right direction most days of the week, uh, the sled. Um, I mean, Greg Senyo, whose materials, by the way, and flies the intruder. So you know, when we do our swing fishing trips, 
Um, basically, I've got bastardized version of all of his flash intruders or flow riders or some kind of knock of his what a lot of the Western guides 10 years ago would have called way too flashy. But the stuff, you know, around here, especially when the water's colored and normal, which is not this year, um, are fantastic. I mean, that's that green goblin. I mean, you could pay your bills with that thing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's uh, that's a fine establishment and a good stable guy. I mean, he's always got the new talent coming and going and stuff like that. I mean, up here with Dan, it's it's a much smaller shop. Very. You know, I'm I'm really tickled that Dan landed where he did because he's 400% over where his projections were. I don't even know if that. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know much about the business stuff, but uh, he's doing well. And the big question when he opened the shop up here was how many trout bums were out there in the sticks fishing these cricks and smaller rivers with, I mean, if you knew how many cottages were up here in the Huron Manistee National Forest on all these small rivers, and I guess that was my big question when he asked me on the way back from Montana after seeing those trout shops, he said, what do you think about opening a trout shop in, in Baldwin after, you know, having two of them here, what, two and a half, one closed, and and I said, I think it's a little bold, but I, I would say there's there's certainly not that platform of trout shop being covered here on the west side of Michigan. And when he opened those doors, I was flabbergasted, straight up. I mean, I was worried for him because he threw a lot of his nest egg at it. And, I mean, there's just a lot more trout guys up here than I thought there were. They just a lot of them just don't have boats, and that's that's something that's you well, know, it's like the. I reckon cat. there's a guy in Baldwin that would like to fix that as well. well how's that? The, but, you, you got you got a couple boat dealers up that way, don't you? Yeah, that's well. We got one. Well, no, I guess there is Tracy's custom boats down there in New Way. Uh, or it's not Tracy's anymore. It's something else. He sold the thing. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. you got. Well, we we don't really talk about that boat around here. It's kind of a. Yeah, that's one of the. It, it, it's one thing to have a, a manufacturer within the state. It's it's one thing to have the manufacturer down the road. As a result, the U.S. forestry is going to a year-round um, tag on the Pure Marquette. So, you know how, like, it was only during canoe season you had to do a tag? Well, as a result of having all these boats localized and floating down the river, now, now through the year they're going to have to start doing the permit system, which says that only X amount of boats can go through X sections every day. Oh, wow. Which Hopefully is your X boats are some of the X boats going through the sections, no, huh? No, I mean... This is no, it's more the it's the non commercial. It's not the commercial. The commercial boats we've been regulated since shit, ninety two. I mean, we've we've paid federal I mean, every time I take a guide trip I owe the feds, you know, a dozen bucks and you know Well, we all owe everybody everything. It's it's that's yeah, right. it's a bad it's a yeah. So, I mean it's, it's not so much fun, but been, uh Jim has right. has has a fun question to yeah, get to. So we I, I do I got some fun. So, uh, oh. taking you back into uh, into the flies and everything, um, when do you reach for a Blade Runner versus D and D? You know, I like it on the like when I get to the bottom ends of the tailwaters where it slows down. Usually, you know, the tailwater sections, your first, you know, top two thirds are what moves the most, and that's where you can use that dig. And then after that, you start getting into like more sink tip depth because you're getting into some deeper mm -hmm. stuff. So I work it off the U and and that Blade Runner kind of. You know, and I like it's a, it's a very singular spot that I'm using. It's you know I hear the guys that fish pike do better than than I'm using it because I'm still using the drunk 
probably, you know, nine out of 10 times, you know, that's very, you know, it's, it's a very suspect pattern for a very prescribed area. So, um, and it's a lift it's, you're using that kind of coned out canoe in the top as you're coming back up, because a lot of those big tailwaters, when you're getting your hit, you're getting it as you're lifting up out of the deep close to the boat. So instead of just letting it come up, you start using that just like on the bottom of it, you got like an ax and that's to help when you're pulling it down through the U. So essentially when you throw the sink tip, you allow for slack, which is, you know, something that you could, we could spend an hour talking about. Few people really gather all this when we're talking about sink tips, but know this, that I haven't done much else with my adult life. When I fall asleep at night, I think about this stupid shit. Well, and we want to hear about what you uh, think about when you're sleeping because it is interesting to everybody who listens to our podcast. Well, so, so let's talk like let's get geeky, man. Thing. Let's like uh, th- this is what we're here for is some real some real geeky shit. So let's like go. if I'm upstream, like in this crick, like we're talking about throwing a crick. If I throw it upstream and I'm not fighting any current, essentially I'm trying to build the wedge to dig it down, just like a crankbait coming at me. So I have to pick up the speed. Uh, in the same respect, if I'm moving down like on the white, one of those skiff boats versus being inside the line on a drift boat, you know, that's a big thing on these tailwaters. A lot of the guys, I think, miss when you're going down the white. I see the the really hot ticket right now is to use the skiff. And I appreciate that the boat goes up and down the river faster and shit. It's got stereos and it looks really cool going up and down the river. However. Most of those boats never go to the inside line of those seams that are coming off the brakes, which is where 90% of that fishing is occurring when the water blows out above, say, 17 to 19,000 CFS, in which case they're going into the brakes. When a skiff goes by, he'll stay on the outside of the brake, in which case you have one, maybe two shots at that glory spot or the continuation of that boil line going down before it's gone. And a lot of times you're going so fast with the return of that eddy you're throwing it even downstream leading it and the fly is still coming up from the back end of the boat because it's going that fast. So in that respect, when I was there, I stopped thinking when I was there on my days off, I would use my drift boat and I would get inside the line in the slow shit and beat the bank. Cause guess where all the fish are when the water blows out They're right on the fucking wall. So the more cast you get on the wall, the more likely you're in. You know, these guys that are throwing it to the wall for five strips so they can strip in another 60 feet of line to make another cast makes no sense, especially when the water's blown out and muddy. Doesn't make sense. So, so are, you, f- are you making like a big mend? Uh, when, as, for, as soon as you cast, are you making a big mend to try to let your line drop on the wall? No, like if you're fishing fast water, blow out in the tailwater. Yeah. Than if you're fishing, say, that mid-current where you're fishing the fly all the way back to the boat. Say at like uh, say like 10 to 16,000 CFS on the white, that water is clear enough so that you have the potential to get that fish to chase all the way to the boat and rarely take it at the boat because most of them spook at about 40 feet there. So if you're throwing long, you can play that fish out to the mid-river because it's not a blown-out cesspool of just flow. However, when it does kick up to 20 grand, there is no more mid-river game. It's all on the wall. It's all on the wall. And if you're fishing the wall and the more cash you get relative to that bank structure, which is what the fish are using to knock that current off their heads, Mm -hmm. that's where you went. So all the guys that go through there and they're throwing those big boats through there, are they going to get three, four passes? Sure. 
but they didn't fish it efficiently in any three of those passes because they're in the high flow throwing to the slow. If you're in a drift boat, you go inside and get in the slow and mm-hmm. fish the slow. Now you're getting multiple casts down the wall. And yeah, I mean, would I take a, one of those, you know, $25,000, $30,000 skiffs up inside one of those eddies and hope that it didn't grab me and throw me into the wall? Fuck yeah, I wouldn't do it either. But I would also <laughs> argue if I was trying to catch a bigger brown trout off of that wall, I would fish it more efficiently instead of trying to do it faster. And that, that I've heard a lot about the whole staying in front of the water, like the big wave that goes down where you want to stay in front. I got to tell you, as long as the water's over like, say, nine or 10 grand, I can't tell you if there's really a difference. I fished so far behind that wave and caught good fish. And as long as the water's holding enough to keep those fish in play, I mean, yeah, once you're down to, you know, four to 7,000, you might be begging a little bit and you better be doing two handed burns. You know, that's that's basically as soon as the water drops, we start throwing longer. We go to a 40 plus line. And we're burning across the entire river and you'll see the shadows coming up 20, 40 feet away behind it. You can call the ball too. You can say, Hey guys, look at, here he comes. And you can see these shadows come off the shoals and chase it 60, 70 feet to the boat before they knuckle out and turn off. That's the hard part is the water clears. Your sales pitch has got to increase or you take the decision out. of it, And that's why you two hand, you take the decision. They have to react because if they don't, it's already bought. When the water's dirty, you slow it down, you sell the thing like a hooker on the boulevard. You sit there and twitch that and work it and just, you don't have to play it. They want to hit something. You just got to make sure you give them the head. You know, everybody, that whole eyes chat, you know, oh, it doesn't need eyes. You know, I think in clear water, and so, so do I think eyes matter at three yards out when one of these fish is committing? You know, this is the same thing. Do you need to dredge the bottom to get the player in play? No. These fish are moving yards away sometimes for these bugs because that's how far they can see them. Now, do I think they can pick up on a set of eyes and rattles at, you know, four yards away? No. But back when, when you used to be able to throw a fly on the water, you know, you didn't even have to strip it and they'd still eat it because that protein possibility was enough to get them to turn. Nowadays, you got to sell it. These fish will come all the way to the boat and say no. So the idea that when that head turns around or that fish's idea of what the head is, they can't swallow any of these fish backwards. So if you show them the eyes or the would-be possible eyes, that shows them exactly where the head is and potentially the directional of that fish, which allows that predator to set up the head kill. That's why you always see in the springtime the full shark attack. They're trying to come around on the head of the fly. They got to take it in front. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, it's the fall. You know, guys know what the fall gur is? You know how they like chase on the rears in the fall? Like during and around spawning season, pre-spawn, during spawn. After spawn, they go more to a straight, you know, feeding style strike. But in the fall, it's a fending bite. It's not a feeding bite. They come up behind and they gur, they, they, they grab the tails and they shake their head. That's, that's Brad Turner, by the way, uh, a great guy down the Missouri River. He, uh, he described it to me a dozen years ago. He says, it's like a fucking dog because he goes gur. And I go, what? He goes gur. And I'm like, what, why are you saying that? He goes, they're grabbing it just like a dog toy. You know how like a dog grabs a toy and they shake their head with, and then they let it go. Right. So that's the same way they take that fly through the fall months because that fall gur kind of 
um, it's a it's a fending. They're trying to get whatever that possible other spawning fish is out of the area instead of just blatantly trying to feed on it, which is why in the spring and the winter and the summer, you see the fish turn around. That's why you see that full gold bar turn around because they're trying to get the head. They're trying to feed on it. So, yeah, sorry, rambling. No, 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 no. It's, it's great. It's all, it's all solid gold. I want to change gears a little bit so that, uh, I mean, none of us do any night fishing. And I think I th- we should. Yes, we sh- we absolutely we need creeks, to do it. Yes, we're working men. Yes, in, in these creeks with we know there are big trout in there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, that's that's your walk. only prerequisite to mousing. You ready? This is how this works. Does it have brown trout? Your answer? Yes, oh, big brown trout. Oh, big browns. Um, uh, is there grass around in any way? Oh yeah. yeah, there's a lot of grass around. Uh, you can uh, like a few years back, there was a nice hopper in that area, but I mm-hmm. mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the micing would be just fine. There are fields. You gotta call me. Okay, so I'll dump you on the how to do this shit, but you guys gotta call me back when you do it because I wanna. So I gotta tell you. Oh, well, we'll the... be in touch. Yeah, of all the different trout fishing that I do, it is the deepest of all the rabbit holes. It really is. I mean, as, as good as that streamer fishing is on the white in Arkansas, if people knew what I was doing with a spay rod and a beetle juice when it gets dark out there. And so, you know, when I go to Arkansas now, I don't go down there to fish daylight and streamers. I think that ship is kind of sailing. I mean, it's not to say you can't catch a gigantic fish on a streamer, but it's more like winning the lottery now. It wasn't like our first five seasons down there when it was like, you know, lottery every pass. If you didn't get two fish over two foot, you guys were doing something wrong, you know. And nowadays, you're happy if, you know, the boat gets three or four fish over 20. And, you know, about every dozen pass, you catch one of those fish that's like, damn. You know what I mean? But that damn fish was coming about every other day when we first started. Just because it was newer. The fish were, you know, unsavvy. and Yeah, they didn't know as much. But if you knew what happened with a spay rod, a scandy long, a poly leader, and a whole lot of faith, if it so yeah yeah that's uh it's the deepest of the rabbit holes it is the most productive of the rabbit holes it is the closest you will ever get to fly fishing saying i can keep up with that rapella it is it is catering to that fish's normal feeding schedule you do know that if we go out for a brown trout by definition he is nocturnal so we beg in daylight especially the big one Mm-hmm. Little ones, maybe they'll go out there. They're a little safer in the daylight. But at night, at night, big protein hits the water. It's their freaking job. It's their job. And if you're out there doing what you need to do, the blood, sweat, and tears of tying this and that, learning this cast and that angle and all this other that's where your payoff is strongest. That's where your faith will grow, I mean, through the roof. I mean, just to give you an example of that faith, this is a night, me and Britain, this isn't like every night. We have nights down there where we only get like six or eight fish to hand. Mind you, that's our bad nights, okay? And there was a night me and Turner were down there after I had cycled through a whole bunch of clients with some of the local guides down there. I think I had five guides booked for something like three weeks or two weeks or it was, it was a great time and, and whatever but the night fishing was really the cup of coffee because it was low clear water and that's kind of what we should have been doing but long and the short of it me and turner go down there and we throw the boat in the water 
Um, and we go through a couple of these. It, I don't know if it really matters the shoal just because of the sheer volume of brown trout in that watershed. It's pretty disgusting and fabulous at the same time. Um, and we're down there with spay rods. And I'm out in the boat so I can get the other half of the seam. And I put him on a shoal. And I let him walk down. Now, mind you, that they turned the water on about five and a half hours. And I think it was six hours after we had started casting. We had 34 browns at or over 20 <laughs> inches. Broke, we broke 24 inches seven times that night. In fact, I was so successful that night, I had to wash my down jacket because I smelled of them so badly in the morning. You should have smelled that jacket in the morning. It's just stank of brown trout. Your just, wife loved it, huh? No, I was in Arkansas. It was my problem. I had to do it there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's even worse. But uh, I will tell you, as far as that faith goes, during that evening, if you made a cast, because mind you, when you throw the spay cast, you're, you know, you're 80 to 110 most cast. You know, you're, you're stretching it out there. And you'll stack through. But every cast that I didn't get a grab, a tug, or a couple of tugs, for that matter, that happened more than you'd think. Um, I, I actually would bring in my fly, which is a bit of a thing when you've got that much line out, to check and make sure it wasn't foul, yeah, to make sure it wasn't swimming right, because the faith was so strong that if it didn't get bit, something was wrong with it. That's, Think about that. That's nuts. That's, that's faith you can buy. To date, I've never caught fish that big in that volume or broke that many two footers in one evening mind you it was with the help of turner i had a four over 24 night once here in michigan uh and then we did a seven once over a course of a day here with clients and then my that was a whole anyways as far as the overall time spent six hours in the water two rods two spay rods that's 34 fish 20 inches or better breaking 24 inches seven times think about that on the just the the i mean the time that's, that's nuts. Are you going for the same Need kind to of spend more time with you, apparently. Or are they coming out of that structure and you can just hit your shoals and your banks and Oh, so and and so every watershed and and as you diversify that portfolio of just looking at, you know, like PA water versus some gigantic tailwater, you know what I mean? There's always that grace period of of kind of learning um what you're looking for in each body. Now in Arkansas, uh, I would say if you throw a tree underwater, which is rare, because remember, they go from 60 CFS all the way up to, you know what I mean? They Or actually now it's 600 CFS. It's not, they used to do 50. <laughs> when we first got there, it was 50 CFS. That's how much they would drop it out. <clears throat> we used to cross play. I don't know if you guys know what the blue hole is. It used to be able to wade across the top of the blue hole when it was 50 CFS at night. Creepy. I fell in that thing one. Went for a good swim, too. Mm, but. Cool. <laughs> no, no, no. At 50 CFS, the, the White River's a mud puddle. I don't know if you guys have ever fished it when the water was off before the minimum flow standard, which is now 600 CFS. I don't think any of us have ever even been to Arkansas. I don't. Okay. I can't speak for Chris, but I know. I thought it three. was Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that where you're fishing it, or is it uh, Missouri or Arkansas? It is. No, it's it's Arkansas, and they okay. call it the big tide because it goes from, uh, mind you now, instead of 50 CFS way back when, they jacked it all the way up to 30,000. Think oh, yeah. about that. That's... They call it the Arkansas tide. The thing goes up 30 feet in flood years. 25 on, you know, when they really dump it out on a, you know, regular oh, big yeah. spike. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy flows, and the and the fish in there on that sumo diet is a result. I mean, they just they feed like crazy when they turn the water on. They shut it off. They all sit on it just like me when I'm gonna get done with this phone call. I'm gonna eat a bunch of chips, sit on the couch, and get fat. Um, yeah, but if you don't have that, that. You know, there's worse ways to live. No, no, it is, and that's why those you know it's like everybody wonders why that streamer bite's so intense when the water's rising. Those fish are trying to fend off the calorie burn of the extra CFS. You mm. know it's. And on the white, they don't have that three, four day kind of resolve where the water gradually drops, which is why fish in normal rivers do feed on the pickup of water flow. And in Arkansas, they just shut the water off. So the fish eats, 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 and then they shut it off and they could just go. That's why they get so big. It's like a sumo diet for them there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does help that the thing's loaded with, you know, planter rainbows, shad, sure. crawdads. You know, it's it's a very, but you know, like here in Michigan, and it's not freezing cold half the year. No, but you'd be surprised when we were running our cycles, which is about this time down there, which is when they reopen that water below the dam all the way because it's closed for a little ways below the dam there uh, for spawning. And on the first of February, they open it all up for everybody. But we used to take that group of people down there. I my first couple of years before I had the boys down, or I had the boys, um, I was down there for a month. And we would just, you know, throw big chicken. And whenever they didn't turn the water on, we'd go out at night and we'd do even worse shit. I mean, I got a 32 down there one year and, I don't know, three others in the 30-inch class on mice down there. And, and I don't have nearly enough time down there in the dark. I wish I had more. So so when you're uh, down there mousing in the dark, does color matter? Color in the water? Yeah. You know, so I will tell you, if they're jamming, you know, 10 grand, which they typically shut the water off most nights. I mean, it's they run during the day for the fishermen and stuff. And then they they often shut it off because it's it's a power plant. So there's, you know, the ship. that's not to say that when they have flood years that the thing is running all the time. But, you know, under, say, about seven grand, there's a pretty good mouse game beyond seven grand. Uh, it seemed like outside of going like up into water that was otherwise dry before that, like you'd be fishing on people's yards and stuff, which still works. I don't want you to think that if it's 20 grand that you, I mean, we had a flood year down there and I just can't help myself. I had to go find some eddies and stuff like that. And it works. I mean, the fish are certainly on, but, um, your, your ability to cover more water and all the big fish that I have, you know, I could say all those big ones, all that that, you know, 29 to 32 inch fish that I've caught at night down there. All of that has been in a lower water cycle. Um, and I will also tell you, if you do hook one of those trons in the middle of the freaking night and it's even with a spay rod, I can tell you, I've been walked out in, in like 2000 CFS. And if they get to use those pecs and, you know, ventral fins and, and, and so they're little like planer boards down there. Those are some big fins on those fish. And they'll get out in that current, and they'll make you look like a bitch. Now, uh, I've a couple of hooks on them out there. It's, yeah. Now, whenever you're saying, like, big protein hitting the water and everything, do you have, like, a, a size threshold that you that you tie for any of your mouses? I mean, do you I, have, like... I, I, I will tell you, the biggest one, the biggest trout that I have down there was not on a spay rod. It was on a single-hander, and it was on a mouse at 32, and that was when I was working on coming up with better systems for to be more efficient and adapt to that fishery in the night game. And, and as we've progressed, we've gotten away from the mouse down there in those tailwaters. We've gotten more involved with like the beetle juice, which is, you know, basically like a muddler, a Dahlberg and a cougar and a, 
it's it's a it's basically a, a steelhead swung fly platform you're not using a single hook or a tandem hook you're using a a swing fly because you you're insisting that fish come up from behind it in the way that you wake and bubble it but it has a D head it has a tail it has some guinea fowl on it it has enough flash to keep the goat and just a little bit of shoulder to make it spike and we hang that hook down so that any of those kissers get a face full of gamma. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, it's a single hook and we fish like it space. You know, we, we fish it space style. We hang a stack. Sometimes we'll throw a men for a twitch and dig, but having that wedge kind of lift that sub column, bump the surface. And then if you release slack, it'll bump the surface and drag. Then you throw another men and then it digs down. It's like a minnow or a sculpin that just isn't right. And it's right there. And they'll tighten that thing up the same way a steelhead does. And, you know, there are, I, I can tell you, I have four or five fish that are unanswered by yours truly that I, I can't tell you how big they were, but they walked, you know, 12 and a half foot seven weights across the water, which is also why I have a 13 foot, uh, 13 and a half foot eight weight igniter just waiting for its shot at the title. So I just got that rod and I got that rod when I got back the year I got beat three times over two and a half weeks. And just so. just so I'm clear and our listeners are clear, you're using the spay rod on those bigger rivers purely for distance, correct? Well, and, and, you, and like we talk about the water <laughs> dropping out, I don't know if you guys have been in those tailwaters when they drop the water out. I mean, there's like almost no flow in most of these areas that are just blowing, blowing CFS when they turn it on. And if you step on a rock, especially if you're wearing studs or anything like that, um, I mean, I've gotten to know this, that, that hike, because I prefer the, I mean, with the walking wade, you're just guaranteed to have your fly in the, more, in the water more than if you're, you know, in a boat. And in a boat, you're selecting areas to kind of target. And I, I, I just, like I said, I think that White River is kind of unique in the way that you can target specific areas without having just pick one spot and then go to another one. You cover the area. You cover the the half of football field in its vicinity because at night, he can, he they roam. They're doing these, like, um, patrols, if you will, and they're patrolling the edges of the depth where the shallows go because you've got these shad, the minnow, and then you've got a lot of these planter trout that all oh, – I don't know. You guys should – if you guys get into night fishing, you guys will notice something in your cricks. I don't care if it's hmm. smaller. Every small prey fish, from the minnows to the small trout, you'll turn your light on. They're swimming around your freaking ankles. You know, in ankle deep, three, four inches of water top, sometimes two, because they know if they go out to the deep, they're going to get smoked. That's, that's because it's nighttime. He's out. He's not under a bank and under a log jam along a clay ledge down deep. He is out killing shit. And they're just doing laps waiting for... You know, it's like, what time is it, Mr. Wolf? You know, you get that kind of sense about it, you know, that, you know, if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time at the wrong depth, that's it for you as a bait fish. Um, and that's how you got to set up on the white in Arkansas. I mean, those playing fields, I mean, the state park hole, you could, the, the thing's the size of, you know, six football fields. It's huge. It's a quarter mile long. I mean, how do you say there's one spot in there where he's going to be? You don't know that. You just know he could have been through there or passed through there at some point in the evening or tomorrow night. We don't know. So you kind of cover your area. And the spay rod allows you to have that coverage because most, whether you're waking a, 
a mouse or a, a, some kind of swung dive or even a wet fly for that matter, um, you're still kind of generally swinging that. And a spay rod just gives your fan a much bigger, broader field. What's, so you're, go so, ahead. I'm sorry. No, what size spay rod are you using? Um, uh, I know I have a, uh, I use a switch rod a lot, which is a 11 and a half foot uh, six weight. Which it's it's just basically for our steelhead here, uh, in the Great Lakes. But um, what are you using as far as two-handed rods go? Oh, so like if I were down there and I was fishing from a boat, you know that eleven and a half, eleven foot seven weight is nice because from the boat you can gain a position that you can't otherwise get sometimes with your weight ability. Your weight ability, you kind of stop being a good caster with a spay rod right about belly deep you know after that you start to hinder your d loop it has to get shallower your lift has to increase your forward has got more dis etc etc but when you're on shore which is the way i prefer again like if you're walking a shoal which that river set up beautifully for um it's just step step down and if you're using a 13 and a half foot rod it makes your ability to touch that 100 110 foot 90 foot all the time without really working for it you got to remember when you're using a Scandi long and then a poly leader that kind of complements the rod, in which case that leader might be upwards of 15 or 14 feet, that leader. And mind you, you're just, you're just tapering down to 16 pound um, to that beetle juice. But when you come all the way back, you got to come through a 45 foot head. So that's 60. So when you let the line go, you're, you know what I'm saying? You let it go at 70. So it's still going. That's, you know, so you're really casting out there. And if you don't have a high or a long enough rod, your ability to mend up and center that line straight to get that fly directly below your fly line is limited on your reach up. So that higher rod does give you that option. Um, plus the distance, you know, and yeah. the, the biggest reason I'm doing it is, you know, you could argue the 12 and a half is close enough for the distance. But I got my ass whooped by four fish down there fishing a, a 12 foot, uh, 12 and a half foot seven weight that walked me out in a mid current on 16 pound and bent a couple of hooks out. So I, I'm bringing a knife. It's like, you know, showing up to a gunfight with a knife. I'm not going to do that. So, right uh, on. Yeah. Well, uh, we're running, we're running low on time, but I wanted to ask you about the uh, tape story on your boat. Oh, <laughs> So, uh, so this is, uh, say, a week and a half ago, uh, uh, Dan White, uh, we're doing a streamer run, just me and him horsing around. And we go down the river, and I, he hooks up this uh, fish right out with great visual, really clear, low water, so we got to see it all. And uh, anyways, he picks it up, is, you know, he says, how big you reckon that is? And I said, yeah, that's 22 and a half. And he says, you, you're pretty solid on that? And I said, yeah, I'm pretty solid on that. And so I pulled it up and I put it on this uh, foam tape measure on my Montana and, uh, and, and it came out 21 and a half. And I did it twice because I didn't believe it the first time. I'm getting pretty good at guessing the lengths on these things. And uh, I was about to put the thing back in the water and I did, I said, no, we're not going to do it a third time. It's 21 and a half. And uh, so basically, you know, he takes the oars cause he caught a nice fish and he looks over at the tape measure. And sure as shit, the zero was a clean inch inside the foam start. I just kept, I kept thinking the edge of the foam was the zero. Uh -huh. So I had, 
Well, needless to say, I had to call a couple of clients that hit 23 this summer. I had to call them back and say, hey, by the way, you uh, got that magic two-foot mark. That's my bad. And, and I already got one good, a better tip out of the deal for calling the guy back about it. So, uh, um, yeah, it's it, it kind of felt like my pants were down. But I sure as shit, I looked at that tape measure two or three times after he said this. I said, no shit, I've shortgunned myself an inch for, well, that boat's three years old now. And that's when I put that tape on there. So, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of silly, but yeah, I'm still fucking up good. Uh, this is what my 30. <laughs> what is this? Uh, what is it? So, so, what what am I? I'm gonna be 50 in a week. So that's well, happy birthday! Gonna have a birthday, yeah. This will be, be 33 years guiding this year. So yeah, oh, I'm wow. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm still uh, yeah, it's better than funeral directing, that's for sure. Hey man, you you're you're doing good. Uh, the flies always work. Everybody loves the flies. Well, um, you guys, all of you, yeah. Anything we haven't hit on tonight that you want to talk about? Shit. Um, you know, there is something really cool that happened in Michigan this year on a positive note. You know, you know, we're always trying to push for these wild fisheries wherever they may or may not pop their awesome heads up. And it turns out that a substantial, and I do mean a big piece of the wild pie as it concerns, you know, Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, the UP. Um, uh, it turns out that the, the amount of wild fish being created by the Little Manistee and the Pure Marquette is so grand, is so fantastic that uh, uh, the NRC here in uh, Michigan kind of uh, went above and beyond the call uh, to get us a one fish per person Sorry. kill now on steelhead year round, which was supposed to go through a year ago, but um, the DNR had different plans. And, and since then we have since got turned over, but the, the good news on that was it was, it was really neat to see TU kind of get off the fence on a couple of things. I saw something out West about kind of, uh, you know, those big trail riding trucks driving through all these uh, trout streams out west and and uh, apparently they're starting to kind of wreck these thousand dollar stream improvements that you know tu and these other organizations are building out there and here in michigan you know our our tu is set semi-idle on a lot of the hot point you know between the snagging and and some of the bead stuff and this and you know it's they kind of they're they're trout unlimited and they have their opinions when it comes to you know stream restoration and that kind of but this year they really they really put their foot down by having our chairman write a 35 page um, documented statement that kind of didn't contradict the DNR, but certainly brought a few things to light in possibly making a better step forward for the wild initiatives in here in Michigan. And there's even talk about having like, you know, no kill on such rivers like the Little Manistee and the Primarquette, just because we don't get the plants, you know, all these other, you know, the Manistee and the and the Muskegon and the Grand, all these all these big rivers get thousands and thousands of steelhead plants, while the Pier Marquette and Little Manistee suffer the same uh, creel regulations as all those big tailwaters, yet all of our fish were pretty much rounding up to be wild. Uh, it was over 98% the Pier Marquette is wild. 98%. Wow. Um, the Little Manistee did even better. And and that's that's a huge, huge rock in the pond that, Nobody really wanted to talk about outside of our smoke counts in Michigan have been kind of going down a cliff, 
you know, ever since we had this alewife coming to Jesus, which are now washing up on the shores again. So the Michigan DNR planted a million kings and in, 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 uh, to uh, kind of combat that. But, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it was nice to see TU kind of get a little bit, uh, they got out there. They, they did something for it. It was, it was, oh, it was, we'd love that here. You know, our, our T our most of our local TUs, you know, they, they say, you know, we need a lot of bank and stream improvement in this area. And instead of it's doing, happened. instead of doing that, they're just stocking fish. And I get, <laughs> I get buying fish cause it's fun, but we could really use their help and their dollars on our streams and our banks. So it's funny you're saying that. Cause so in Michigan, I don't know if you know this, but like, like 90% of like the entire DNR fundage goes gets thrown like not at the trails and the uh not we're not fishing like or I mean they get thrown right at the hatcheries I mean the hatcheries are big business now for Michigan yes oh yeah Pennsylvania as well right and and it just seems like um I I got tired of hearing this harvest word and oh don't worry we'll plant more and and it's where's the habitat where's the conservation where's the wild chatter you know and and it just seems like we're, we're it's just we're, we're turning these corners really slowly in places that could be, you know, everybody's like, well, it's not Montana. I go, why? Because we haven't allowed for that potential. You know what I mean? It's like we have a lot of cold water here in these states. And, you know, anywhere there's cold water and you can do some, you know, stream habitat and a little bit of regulation, you can build a great wild trout fishery. And let's face it hatchery fish reproduce for dick i mean there are surveys on top of surveys that will tell you that hatchery fish are about as sterile as they come they just they're they're terrible for the gene pool on top of which even if they do try and mingle and um the amount of money it takes to rear a fish versus kind of build habitat to allow that fish to grow i think i think it was just neat to have to you kind of step in you know it just it seemed like the only time i was hearing from is if they needed a membership or you know that you know it was it was it was just neat to see that. So I, I suppose that's a, a positive here in Michigan that we have gotten to that point where the steelhead counts have gotten so low that we have to try. I just hope we don't have to get like the West Coast where we have to look at the tragedy in retrospect before we fucking fix it. Yeah, and just you turn know? it off. You know, it's like and and there's like oh well uh, if we can't um you know kill three fish and well you guys shouldn't be able to fish the fly water during the spring steelhead. You know what? I couldn't agree more because the spring steelhead season is a farce up here. I mean, these pictures of steelhead being held up by people and they're, you know, it's not like they're catching the fish out of a bite. They're just playing mouth hockey at best. Some of these fish are coming in backwards. And yeah, so if they wanted to close these things and make them trout, I think that that might look at New Zealand. I mean, they closed the whole damn thing down and let the thing reboot. And and we, we just right. have had. Yeah. Yeah, so it is what it is. Sorry, I'm going off again. So no, no, but, no my my phone's going off again, and it's telling yeah, ESPN is uh, Jay doesn't have your your lion just kicked yeah. the hell out of everybody in there. You need to flick the switch on the side of your phone. You know what? Next next thing we're gonna do? No, next thing we're gonna do is beat the hell out of the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. No, and it's gonna be awesome, dude. I cannot wait to see the Lions in the Super Bowl. We are literally not having a podcast next week, so that we, we can are watch not. that game. Well, we're we're well, yeah. I mean, we've had some great podcasts, and you are capping it off. 
uh, being a great guest. So well, thank you. it was a pleasure having you. Yeah, my boys running around the house going the forty winers right now. So. <laughs> forty winers, I love it. I love it. I love it That's so funny. much. The forty winers. We'll, so, we'll yeah. check back this time next Sunday. You guys, uh, you guys have a great, uh, great New Year there, and uh, we can talk anytime there. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Tommy. We really Thanks again, man. We enjoyed the hell out of having you. You guys be safe. Be well. All right. Thanks. All you right, too. man. Thank you so much. Stay on. Bye-bye. Hey, man. I cannot wait. Uh, we have our full team together, Jim. Uh, the Kentucky River Muskie Classic. Uh, I mean, I, I uh, fly fishing tournament. It is coming up. And if you're not in by the end of January, then you're out. You're out. Yeah. And uh, our close team. close at the end of January? Yeah, yes. January 31. I'm assuming I don't have to since oh, you already did. Man, you, but Mark, you are registered and paid. <laughs> well, our you our, too, Rez. <laughs> our great, our great friend, Chris. Hi. Got us a phenomenal, phenomenal place to stay at on top of a mountainside. Basically, has jacuzzi and all. the The cabin that we're going to stay at is going to be. I mean, it's gonna be it's sweet. the rich yeah. comparison to what we see at, at the at at our local musky tournament, even. Yeah, it's a uh, it's well. I wanted to get the cabin that was closest to the lodge. So if for any reason any any of us were overserved, <laughs> which we, we, Jason <laughs> will be every night, we could just walk back to our cabin, and that was I really envy that was my goal. your love for convenience. I really do. <laughs> I Dude. love it, man. Why? Well, you're a perfect trip planner. Just the amount of money own. we're spending, I mean, it's like what, $185 a night per <laughs> guy. That's it's... like or not no, 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 for the whole trip. That's yeah. like $45 a night per yeah, guy. It's not yeah. it's, I, it's nothing. not bad. It's nothing. Yeah, I mean, having six people bring up, it's a nice. Bit, yeah, you know? literally I mean, nothing. It's actually nice to have a cabin that's that has that, you know. Honestly, the biggest show. expense Hold is on. getting there. Wait, we don't you have guys, a CPAP though. No, you guys no, got No, you guys oh, got Raz. You do. You guys, Chris does. No, you. Oh, oh yes. Shit. I got to sleep got wherever's that. close to Chris. <laughs> no, you guys. You can sleep with Chris. You literally. <laughs> Even better. As long as I'm by the CPAP machine. <laughs> you guys have the coolest guy ever. You guys brought. Oh, this could be a blast. You, I heard all I heard from Raz. Raz texted me and he said, "Chris said I'm on his team and I have no, <laughs> and I have no control over what I'm doing." <laughs> Literally, like Chris well, said, "I'm you're on my team and just you're just coming down there and just shut up, Raz." That was and effectively that was, it. Yeah, I said, literally, that's what he told me. I texted him and I was like, "Hey, you going to Kentucky for the musky tournament?" And he's like, uh, "Probably not. I can't get a team together." And I was like, "Well, what if you didn't have to worry about that?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "That seems pretty self-explanatory." But you're on my team now, <laughs> and um, <coughs> it, 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 these are these days. You'll be taking those vacation days, mm-hmm. and you know, talk to your wife because that's most important. And, yes, that's and, yeah. So Mark and I were on pins and needles for like three oh, yeah. days. He gives me like a few names, and I was like, Raz. He's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Go, like, I'm like, oh, go Raz. for it. Well, once, Raz. Once Rick told us Raz. that he couldn't do it, you know, once. Yes. And that, that was our first, absolutely our first contact is Rick, are you in? And he's coming back from like a long work trip, and it just didn't work for him. And I was like, oh. Yeah, then we went, then we went one, one other route, and we went Damien. Yeah. And he, we we asked Damien, and I then I reached out going. to I reached out to Bam Bam. Oh, that's right, yeah. And I said, "Are you guys putting a team in?" 
And he's like, no, man, so many expos and yeah, this and that. same thing. And he I'm told like, me too. I get it. I get it. You got to, you, you guys go oh, make your that money. Way you this is the me. week before the Musky Max. Yeah. Thankfully. And uh, so uh, I was like, you know who, who, who jives well with both Mark and I? Fucking Raz. So I reached out to him. I don't know a person he doesn't I'm, jive well with. I'm so happy yeah. to just have he's him awesome in camp. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, me oh, too. Oh, dude, dude, this is going to be fun. He's going to be a blast so, on the boat. <laughs> so then I was like, well, they found Raz because if, if Jim wasn't going and I wasn't going to partner with Jim, I wanted to be you guys' third. That's where, like, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, man, I hope Jay doesn't get screwed. So, so like, if Jim doesn't go, now Jay's left Jim, hand there. I got Jim, you back, buddy. We're Jim going. says we're going, we're and going, I'm like, buddy. all right, well, we need to find a third. So my dad obviously was like our backup third. Mm-hmm. If, like, nobody else said yes, dad would say yes. And, the, and he's a pretty good third. And he's a fine third. He's, he's a fine guy who... He knows how to work boats. He just—he's been in that kind of. I'd just, love to have your dad oh, on the boat again. He's a fishy, fishy guy. He'd have told you where to cast to. Probably, and I'd and, have listened to him. <laughs> yeah, I'd he, have listened to it him. It might not have worked so well, but, but I, I, I reached out to a friend, one of my best buddies that was on my team. Yeah, your partner for the beast. Yeah, one of my partners for the beast, uh, Justin Christofferson, and uh, he was like, yes. It was like uh, 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 I nice. mean, like I, I talked to him on the phone. As soon as I asked him on the phone, I, I was like waiting for like, well, maybe I don't know, or you know, like him dragging his. He's stuff. just ready to. It he's got like, cabin fever, like, ready, ready like, to get yes, out. Dude, to he was like, he was like, well, this I'm about to bring the fly the the tying mechanism into the house, and we're gonna put some you know musky flies together because I gave all my other ones to Evans and. You know, let's start tying, and and that's what made me want to tie this fly that I tied the other day. But nice, uh, having him on the team, I was like, man, yeah, that'd be great. He's he's right on the way. We'll pick him up. It being Columbus, right on the way in Kentucky. Uh, man, it'll be it'll be great. Uh, stop there with for Raz. some good food. Raz is on the way for us. Too. You guys are gonna go the other way. Uh huh. The There's way two we ways. Were... There's two ways, and they're not very different in time. No, no but, but one just... has beauty, and one's brown and nasty. Yeah, one, You're we right. Don't, we don't have to drive through the shittiest state in our nation. Let's what? just and the and other one. Finger, to go yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed that we got oh, good weather whatever, for a drive. Man, <laughs> the heartland of Ohio is fun to. to I mean, to watch corn go by. No, it is okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's, it's going to be a great time. So, like, all of our buddies, like, we're staying at the Making Memories oh. cabin. Uh, we're we're getting, getting in. Interesting. We're we're all leaving here Thursday. So we'll get we'll get in Thursday night. It might take a little longer because I have two or three <laughs> liquor stores that we're stopping at. Couldn't be more proud to uh, sponsor this thing too. Absolutely, I'm I'm super happy that we, yeah, we thank you that we were able to throw some money towards it. And, yeah, and uh, you were. Thank you. That's a <laughs> wee thing. It's yeah. a wee thing. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, regardless, that money is going to go back towards Muskies Inc. That that money is going to go towards making this tournament possibly better next year. We don't know if it can improve, but gotta who, who try. Knows? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, I, I like the uh, idea of having a Southern Muskie tournament. Amen. And uh, 
you oh, know, and by the way, Treeland's registration just opened up. By having that, and and um, the guys from the BCD. So if you win this tournament, I think you get free registration, or or they're putting out it's a free raffle reg- prize. Okay, it's a raffle. Okay, so you get free registration into the BCD East as a raffle prize, which at, is a three hundred and seventy-five dollar prize. Sure, because it's yeah. a buck twenty-five ahead, and you should really go with a team of three. Yeah, because it only a, makes it's a, sense. It's, it's a lot of fishing. <laughs> yeah, it's earlier in the year. There's a lot of light, and they let you use it. And it's a long, long. There's a long two days. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be an awesome tournament. If you haven't registered for the Kentucky River, you know, I classic, I noticed today you should. Even sitting around with my dog at like five o'clock, five still late, um, still five, late, five fifteen. You guys aren't here yet. I'm still. I'm just hanging out with the dog, watching the uh, the the Detroit Lions uh, beat up on Tampa Bay, and that was a good game actually. They went back and forth yeah. for a while, and uh, but just sitting there with the dog, I'm like, man, the light is moving in the right direction. It is more and more light every day, and I love it. I leave for work at ten after seven, and I usually leave work at quarter to six. So for so long, I've been going to work and it's dark, and I've been coming home from work and it's dark. How can you not figure out how to turn the volume down on your phone? I have no idea. <laughs> I hope it's it was it's the first one. Ding. The first one. I'm happy to hold on. The first one was Torgy saying "Go Bills." So when Torgy. Torgy texts me, go Bills. I, 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 I like They're it. They're in bad shape right now. It's, they it's, went for a fake those, punt it's and one failed. Of those, it's one of those, uh, yeah, probably one of those games where, you know, every, every situation is going to suck whether you make the wrong decision or not. I, w- I was sorry to see Baker Mayfield lose. He played a heck of a I mean, he tried. He, he did. He tried hard. For the you, se- you know, he had his ups and downs through the season, but dang. <laughs> Two plays. Well, anytime I can see somebody leave Ohio and succeed, I'm happy. <laughs> he threw 28 <laughs> touchdowns this year, over 4,000 yards. Good for him. I mean, yeah. he had his best career season this year, and he he had the same exact statistics as Tom Brady the last year that he was in, at Tampa Bay. Yep. So you know, can't he? He's a good quarterback. I I'm I'm a so big, Kentucky big River fighter. Classic. <laughs> yes, I, I can't wait to go to Kentucky. What else are we going to get there? Are you going to stop anywhere on the way down, or do you want to find? I'm going to find s- booze. I want to find booze. Well, here's the thing: uh, the booze is in Kentucky, Jay. The, I know. I can't wait, man. The problem the I'm booze. having is, like, I know a lot of distilleries down there and I've been to a lot of distilleries down there, right? Like I would love to go to wilderness trail. I would love to go back to heaven Hill. I'd love to go to Buffalo trace. Bardstown's like an hour and a half away. It's just every good distillery is just too far away to make it worth our while. So I think we'll just hit a couple liquor stores for like half an hour each. Hopefully find Weller. Yeah, so if we hit three liquor stores and spend 30 minutes each, that's the same as just half of a trip to one of the distilleries, which generally don't offer anything that you can't get at a liquor store. In order like in order to go to Buffalo Trace and get something that you can't normally get, 
you have to have like a two-hour tour, and then you're only going to get like a single-barrel Buffalo Trace. You're not going to get Weller. You're not going to get Pappy. Same with Heaven Hill. Like if you go to Heaven Hill, you can you can take your pick of Heaven Hill bottled and bond, which is fantastic. You can get all the mellow corn you want. You can get all the regular larceny you want. But if you want a larceny single barrel or you want something more advanced, you have to do their 45-minute to an hour and a half make-your-own-bourbon tour. So now you're looking at like an hour and a half there, hour and a half back, and an hour and a half of uh, a tour. So you're out five hours. I'd rather pre-fish for five hours and just hit a couple liquor stores. That, is, that sounds great to me, man. Cause yeah. that, that's my thought. I'm let's get some knowledge in here. I mean, yeah. we, we gotta, we that's gotta figure it. this out quick. Well, we're going to take the, I mean, I imagine Thursday we're going to get there, take the boat off and just drive around and, and look oh, at man. the stuff we want to look at. And the same thing Friday, Friday, like we're not fishing Friday. We've got a captain's meeting, you know, let's drive well, around. No look at fishing water. Friday either. Oh no, we're going to fish Friday. No, but I mean, like... No tournament fishing. It's Saturday, Sunday? Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Sunday, 7 a.m. Why are we going down Thursday, then? Because it's going to be not rushed and awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds Rather perfect to me. Blowing in and then yeah. having to like try everything out, just I, take our time I and just being, chill. I hate yeah. being fucking rushed. Yeah. I like I will there not is be nothing more than I'm I definitely. hate than being rushed on any vacation I take. Yep. I would rather take the extra day and not feel rushed than anything in the whole world. So that's, that's why, why we're. That's, that's why, why like I always go to the beast early sad, and just chill. And that's chill why out. we're yeah. not gonna go to Columbus, Jay. We're not gonna <laughs> stay in Columbus. Well, we just have to grab we're, some food after we pick up our friend. It would take two seconds. Listen, it's just on the drive you bring there. Bring your snacks. Get your ass in the truck. No, and we're going to Kentucky. Dude, wait till you see the area. <laughs> Hold on. Dude, get your ass ha- in no, the no, truck. No, 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 no. We're going no, to Kentucky. So there's okay. No, here's no, a no. bag of nuts. There's, there's Look, these couple this, places. Hey, this is not my fight. Hold on. This there's is not these Mark's couple fight. places that, if my dad had any places, he would go in the whole world just to see the scenery. I've been to Columbus, Jay. We're going to fucking Kentucky. I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> this is right around the corner from my house. If I said I was going to Kroger, my dad was like, hey, we're if going you to You are trying to sell me I'm on the Kroger. scenery of Columbus, of Ohio. Please don't bring up Columbus. Dude, I'm not. Because I'm telling you, I've been through Columbus twice, and I swore to my I wife I don't ever want to go. There's no scenery. I hope I'm not grabbing anything too crazy. Listen, here, I'm hoping we don't have oh, bullet no, holes in the side <laughs> of the boat on the way out. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I was talking about scenery. Yeah, you're talking about Columbus, Central Ohio. Scenery? I'm not scenery? talking about mountain scenery. I'm talking Listen, about we're gonna drive through scenery. a mountain. Jay. I'm talking about scenery from the waist down, fellas. <laughs> the waist down? That's what Columbus. Yes. Going to Columbus, Ohio. Scenery you. from the waist down. Yes, dude. You're gonna you, go to one of them scores. What's the name of the, where the guys right wear the things and they jump around? The, what's up? So uh, if you're right off a of campus. If you went to this, if to anywhere, Giant Eagle, Kroger, it didn't matter. It was the best yoga pant scenery not, I've ever seen in my whole life. Not at the end of February in Columbus. They're wearing, puffer, is, they're wearing puffer jackets down to their ankles. Yeah, no, right. just let him go. Yeah, yeah. Just let him go. This is getting better by so, the minute. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm just going to wait for Justin to get in the truck. I'm just going to put on a gas mask, and I'm going to pop one of the... 
you know. All I was saying was we could go out to eat. All I was saying was we go out to eat in a very, very nice area where we he lives and where I used to live. I Jim's know very like well. Chick Fil A. Here we go, <laughs> dude. There's, there's everything you drive can ever Hell think yeah. of. Hell yeah. There's there's great food there. It's it's a wonderful area. I don't doubt any of that. We'll, anyway, we'll, so we'll meet you at the cabin. Yep. Okay, we'll see you there. Uh oh. I'll meet you at the cabin. Look at that catch. We will Sheesh. have we will have whiskey. Hopeful like my goal, my only goal in the going in, into Kentucky is finding half gallons of Buffalo Trace. I will buy a case of one point one point seven fives. Nope, didn't catch it. Of Buffalo Dave Trace. Just regular Buffalo Trace. Huck. But we'll see. I like I said, I would take I would, wouldn't mind having a bottle of that, but I really would just I'm good with Weller. If I can find Weller while I'm down there, I'm happy. Any Weller you want? Any Weller. Like any. Like Well, I'm not really going up into the $100. But no, none of the Weller is $100 Even retail. if you get the antique, it's what? It's like 130 for antique, isn't it? Retail? Yeah. 89 89 Jeez. Okay. Yeah, then if I can find any of them, then yeah, yeah. whatever. 107's like 70 bucks. CYPD should be like I mean, 45. I highly doubt I'm going to come across the black bottle you had, the single barrel, that blue. I got two of those coming in March. Oh. Oh, Kentucky. <laughs> At least I'll, t- I'll come taste it. <laughs> oh, you'll come taste it. I, I bet you will. I've got, um, I've got So here, I got a couple more things before we get off because we're getting really late in time. Uh, Mark. Jay. Your fucking football team made it. Yeah. They made it was it. a rough one. They made it last night. It was rough. Night. It they was made rough, it but they night. made it. This makes, this Whew. is, I'm, I'm being serious about this. Dude, that's, uh, you know what the thing about it is, is it's like I told you, I'm disappointed in kind of how the defense was ran to keep him at that point. But to see Brock come back at the end and, and just, I mean, he missed passes. He didn't play perfect. He never turned the ball over. And he made some plays. He, they, they scored at the end. He made some plays. He made some plays. He made the passes when he needed to make I them. fell asleep. That's I was huge. Trying. I mean, for a team that's now four out of five, four of the last five years going to the NFC Championship game. They've they've paid their dues. This is like, I'm worried about Baltimore. That's going to be a tough one. I would, might be scared of the team that I'm watching. Two of the teams I'm watching, we're watching I'm right now. You. We're watching Kid. Buffalo and watching Kansas City right now. I mean, live. I mean, Kansas City. This, is what, we do. this is what we do at the podcast. We watch it's football. A gr- it's a great game. So this has been, a, this has been a wonderful game. We're we're trying to pay as much attention as we can. But uh, I I just want you didn't get to meet my Dallas Cowboys because they got squashed. We didn't get to talk about it, but uh, yeah, no, that didn't. was that was heartbreaking, and I got I got by it from my, my I got it from Packers. every way, dude. I got it every way. Oh my god, did you guys beat me down? Well, yeah, just and because did, of the year they it. had, and this was supposed to no, be the year they need to challenge. Go, they need to go out and get Derrick Henry. Oh boy! No, they need a backup quarterback no. who's been in the playoffs <laughs> before. No, they need Derrick Henry can, can win. Derrick Henry, if they have. Somebody who can run between the well, tackles. That would help, but the problem is, is their physicality on defense. You can run yeah. through them well, with nothing. You got to get a little linebacker who's not hurt every other year, like Vander. Well, but you also year. have to have a two defensive tackles, and you have to stop dropping Parsons. Absolutely, that guy rush, has to have his, rush. Well, they did the same too. thing with Demarcus Ware, though. Mm-hmm. Which all right, we're we're, we're okay. Um. All right. A lot to fix. All right, feed me in for the the bathroom. I I made an SVS bathroom here. Oh, I've been yeah. working my fucking living sack off in this thing. It's been I've been having every Benford tool I've ever had. I'm running. Uh, ho, 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 ho. When you stop talking, I'll call you. Did you just you. did you just go, <laughs> Tim? 
that the whole man. <laughs> you got oh, yeah, right. Bathroom. Benford you Tools. Hey, and you should say. And we hey. got Al Borland. I don't think so, Al. I mean, come on, out of all of us sitting here, you're Al Borland, buddy. Oh, I'm not upset by it. No, okay. you look like <laughs> you're, you're literally wearing a flannel right now. Yeah. yeah. And he's scary a, close. I don't he, think so, Al. He's a handsome gentleman. You are so. Hatch yeah, Al Borland. <laughs> you should say, I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> I'm not wearing a Hatch hat. No, I'm wearing a Sims hat. You're wearing a Hatch shirt. I am. But, oh, no, I, I, I varied it up. So, Hatch well, shirt. Well, yeah, but it's Sims you're still hat. wearing a flannel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... So Jay built us a bathroom down here because in order for us to uh, to utilize number two, we'd have to go upstairs and smoke his wife out, which is generally not cool, and we all agree with that. And sure, it's freezing sure, cold outside right now. Sure, I can't smell, but his family can. So Jay built us a bathroom downstairs, and I'm not one to generally want to tell Jay he's done anything right or compliment him. But it's really good. The tile work is good. The woodwork is good. The shiplap's fantastic. I put shiplap in there, for gosh sakes. Yeah, it's just it, silliness. I was like, I'm just going to take this shiplap. Yeah, you really brought out your inner Joanna Gaines. <laughs> I did, man. I was like, yes, I did. I was like, awesome, uh, shiplap. My wife's like... Yeah, there's a door. Uh, those are my two prerequisites. <laughs> there's uh, a door. Toilet and door. There's definitely a door. And it looks like there's plumbing for a urinal. There is going to be a urinal in there. I don't know about the divider. I don't. I think I'm going to buy the divider. I think I'm going to do the divider thing. What I think is funny is that you have the toilet closest to the door. And then the urinal furthest from the door. So if someone's dropping a deuce, (laughs) 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 that divider means absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's just it's it's all for the feel. (laughs) Well, if I walk in my wife, if I walk into my no, if I walk into my wife, at least I don't have to watch her taking a shit while I'm taking a piss. What I what I envision is me sitting there dropping one legs. Splayed out. Oh yeah, hot, fiery poop. You wouldn't get the awesome. door open though. It would smack your leg as soon as it I, gets like it four would. inches I open. And, uh, I think we and, have and, to have a. Uh, Jimmy Franklin's I, like, I have to pee. <laughs> I'm like, go right ahead, and he's like, I'll wait. I think yeah. there <laughs> used to be a shower in there, bro. I think we have to appreciate the fact that after we're already gone, we've left and gone home. He's gonna lay in bed tonight, and he's gonna go. The motherfuckers were right. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna replumb the whole thing. No, we're gonna come There's back. There's no plumbing of no, anything. That, well, and that tile's down, and you're in like, construction place, worker. Like, in you. I would have moved the toilet over just a little, but then it hits a door again. Mark was Mark's right, and yeah, I would have right done. There was close. a lot of things I was like, well, you know what? This is just staying how it is because I'm not smashing any concrete. Yeah. Again, I think it's a beautiful bathroom. I think it was it's perfect. Be awesome. I was like, what I'm saying is, you don't need the divider because if somebody's taking a dump, you don't want the divider. <laughs> you don't need. It's going to be a short divider, so your legs would be out past the divider probably anyway. Buddy, I don't. I don't. Yeah, you're, you don't need care a divider. At all. Like I've literally my wife was like off the side of my boat with people. I in understand. It. <laughs> I <don't> need privacy. <laughs> I understand, but it's like. It's like one of those things, like you, you go to the bar, you walk into the your you know place. Yeah, but you're not walking directly past the dude taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part oh, you're missing. Oh, I went to. 
You have to. That's on the left <laughs> side inside the closed door. You're opening the door and they're like, oh, no. hey, how are you? How's that smell? So you can walk to the divider where you are. <laughs> well, I don't want... I don't want to watch that guy poop after I walk by the waft of his steamy Come shit on, hitting me man. in the face. I mean, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> Just I, look at him in the eye. Hey. hey. <laughs> Reaches for the toilet paper. She gives a fist bump. Okay. What you ought to do is put the toilet paper holder on the other side of the urinal. <laughs> put it on the doorknob. Back of the doorknob. It's every time it See, opens. I thought about, so I thought about it on the side of the divider, but I, my wife was like, I don't know about the divider either, but. She, the only reason she wants to divide her is she doesn't want anybody to be able to splash piss off of the urinal onto her, oh. onto her. I mean, that's fair. Toilet. That's, so that's, that's why like, she wants to divide her. Two that's feet, a, though. That's a reasonable reason to have a divider. Yeah, she was like, you're not getting as a long urinal. As we recognize here's, it's not for privacy. Here's the, <laughs> no, here's the thing. Which she said, you're not getting a urinal. And I'm like, well, I'm getting a urinal. And she's like, no, not, you're not getting urinal. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm getting a urinal, and I'm going to put a divider up. Like, a divider. Like, if you're in a public... So, like, public, when she's in there like taking if a you, piss, If you and walk, walk into in. a fucking sheets <laughs> bathroom, there's going to be a fucking <laughs> divider. And she was like, well, the divider's definitely going to fucking not let you piss on my seat. That's, that's a fair so, reason. So... I was like, this is the female seat. Like, this is where they're yeah. going to sit to pee. Gonna, I'm thinking about We're going to come back next week, and there's going to be a hunt and blind around it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, it's, it's her spot to pee and the girl's spot to pee. That's fair. And I they see. don't want pee all around it, so they wanted the divider. I find that a decent reason for a divider, as long as they understand that like she there's a urinal in there. She didn't want me to get a urinal in the first place, and I'm getting a urinal. <laughs> and they need to lock the door, because we will walk right by them. Oh, we're getting, like, oh I'll my fi- gosh. I'll, I'll fist bump her and be are, like, hey, how you doing? Up, like, <laughs> no, walk over to the we're earbud. getting, a, like, she's, you open up a whole new can of worms because I'm like, I'm, I put a stupid bathroom in. It's just, you know, it was something for us just to, you know, so we could not. I love it. But I love no, the bathroom. This, no, now, I'm just saying now you don't need for my wife, my wife now, no, but now it's taken over. Mm-hmm. Now it's taken over like, well, we need, we can have like, like the, um, the faucets, faucets. No, they're changed. No, nope. They have to be the same color as the lighting's fixtures. And the, I'm like, babe, we did, did, did you know, would they work? You, you know what? I will say this. This would have made a hell of an episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> it I'm really would have. It did. No, it's but oh, it's one of those things, you know. But I. Oh, I'm going to end the bathroom yep. talk at this. It looks awesome. Yes, thank it you. Does. And, it and I thank good. you. Looks and good. you've done a very good job. Hey, it, it, as Nailed long as it. we can take yeah. dumps and pee in there and it's mine and it's ours. At the same time. Ours. But you just have to walk. Minus the fan so when Chris takes a dump, it's going to sit in there for an hour we're, No, half. we're gonna we're fixing that. We're going to fix that too. It, it'll just take the whole spring time. <laughs> it won't bother me. No, not a bit. Smell just fine from your seat. Absolutely. Oh boy, another big pass. So, oh boy, that's a big pass. Wow. Uh, well, we're going to sit and watch the end of this game. And while so, to recap. Hey, fly tying night next week. Too. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about that. Fly tying night. Next. Wait, no, it isn't. It's in two weeks. Two weeks? February 2nd. February yeah, 2nd. Two weeks. two weeks. 
fly tying night. The last one was banging. It, it was a great time. Uh, Chris needs to get to one of these. <laughs> last last no, we had a lot of it was a lot of people I there. Understand. Um, it's it's I get tough it. being mm-hmm. gone Sunday nights pick to and record. Choose your battles, yeah, bud. pick and choose your battles. Brian learned Kitchen a lot. Kitchen passes ain't cheap. Yeah, he truly he did. Well. He had fun with Derek. And yeah, and he learned, learned some, some and yep. just learned simple things. You know, for him to do like fishing with, and but that's fun. That's where it all starts. But honestly, and the last time as night a fifty-six-year-old man to. One, two, two years ago. get into it. I just extended the middle finger to Mark. No, but the last one I went to, I was tying a musky fly, and Mark came over and sat down, and he's like, here's what you should do. Like, stack this better and wrap this tighter. Like, it was, it was educational for me. So if you're not going to tying night, and you're missing out. Like, if you're within an hour of Mercer, Pennsylvania, get there. It's fun. It's free. You're gonna get an education, and even if you don't, you're gonna hang out with cool people. It's it's a good time. Hang out, and have fun. I bring, should be there February second. Bring nice. two, bring two beers. Two. That'll do it. Yeah. It's BYOB. And that's for Jay. So and open mind. BYOB in your the J tax. I just said all you have to do is bring two beers and open mind. That's the Yanny. I was Annie for Jay. Jay stands at the door. Two I'm going to drink 75 beers and have somebody to drive me. Um, again, lucky you. I cannot <laughs> wait uh, before we end this. The F3T is it's coming up this awesome. weekend, this Saturday. Um, I had a great time last weekend. Like I said, I got every friend, every family member coming this year. Awesome. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. And uh, honestly, all those guys, Brian, Dad, all everybody, Jordan's coming out this year. My uncles, it's gonna be a good time. Go online and pre-order your tickets because <gasps> you're gonna save some money because they're fifteen no. bucks at the door or two for twenty if you pre-order. No, just go pay fifteen dollars to the door. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that as the runner of the nonprofit. That's what I'm doing. I I appreciate your extra money, but most importantly, bring a bunch of money for raffles. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be a great time. Uh, even if you don't win anything, even if you don't care about the people, the expo people that are there, you're going to have fun. You're going to watch a relatively good movie. Dapper Dave is coming. Oh, my God. Handsome Dave? Yeah, Handsome Dave is <laughs> oh coming, boy. dude. Handsome He's Dave's a, coming? I'm going to wear my nicest yeah. flannel now. <laughs> you better. What, uh, that's Handsome a, that, Dave that's is a, coming. That's a pretty I mean, nice flannel, man. Tim, what you got Tim, that's nicer than that? Tim's coming. It's going to be a good time, man. Oh, brother. I have, it's going to be a lot of people there. It's going to be awesome. I have dress flannels. Listen, I, have, listen <laughs> I, I appreciate the power colors, buddy. Devin's coming all the way from Thank Kentucky. Yeah. Well, yeah, I miss that guy. I cannot wait to see him. Yeah, well, I will. I'll tell you what. If you're really driving from Kentucky, I'll just give you a hat, and then you can win the next four. Okay, that'd be <laughs> perfect for him. I'm gonna be there like right before the film start. But just make sure before you come in, you buy some tickets. I'll. I got you. All right. Good. I got you. Or just throw money at us. Like, that's fine too. That's fine. I can do either or. And they're gonna have the bar open at intermission. <laughs> oh my god! So. I cannot wait. On the bar. Um. Hey, on the bar's note, Mark, who we brought to you by? We're running real late. Yeti built for the wild. Sims fishing, A Rex hooks, and Cortland lines. Friends of the show, we have Ryan Evans, a Queen City guiding. Michael guiding. Let's. <laughs> no good do job, the whole word. yeah, yeah. Big weekend. 
I've been holding it down for a little bit now. Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management. Thomas Schenk at Chippewa River Custom Rods. The Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. Sponsors of the Beast of the East. And our friends at the Muskie Fool. Hope you guys had a great expo. And we will talk to everyone in two weeks. Have a lovely time. We'll see you on Saturday at the F3T.